You're listening to the Floral Podcast, and I am your host, Edgar Otraves. Now, today on the show, I have a special guest, Jiu-Jitsu Brown Belt, longtime practitioner of many martial arts, Leonard Arguelles. Now, if you're new to the show, make sure you check out our website, thefloralpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes. And we also have other things like a playlist with specific topics in mind. For example, we have a martial arts playlist that has interviews with jujitsu guys, Krav Maga guys, etc. So check it out. It's on the website. And you can also find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, Leonard and I go way back. He is truly an old friend and an old training partner. Haven't seen him in years. It was so good to see him. And man, we just, you know, it was just great to chat and talk about old times. And I had a great, great time talking to him. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Now, on with the show. He's got... It's not my cousin. Yeah, he's... yeah. <laughs> He's a, he's a funny cat. But yeah, anyway, so here we go. Welcome to the Flow Road Podcast. I am Edgar Otra Vez. And today on the show, I have a very special guest, uh, Jiu-Jitsu Brown Belt. Yes, sir. Leonard Ar- Arguelles. Perfect. I want to say I want to say it with a Spanish because <laughs> it looks Spanish to me, man. I want to say Arguelles, Ar- 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 <laughs> but... It, I know that it's not how, how it's said because we just talked about that. But mm-hmm. So, man, dude... How you doing, bro? Fantastic, man. Thank you so much for having me here, man. Bro, I am so geeked about this, man. I was, <laughs> I've been waiting for this one uh, ever since I asked. I was just like, uh, it's just like you and I, we go back quite a ways, we man. Got history, bro. Yeah. How long ago? Like, like when was, when was it that we were training? Was it like 20 years ago? Yeah, it had to be about 20. So it was it like, um, in the like late 90s? Yeah. Before before the. Late nineties, before two thousand, maybe two, maybe before two thousand, or was it already in the two thousands? I, I think I was still in high school, so I graduated in two thousand. Holy cow! Right, we dude. Degerberg Academy. Degerberg right? Academy. We were both kickboxing, old school kickboxing. Yep. yep. Kicks uh, above the waist. Eight kicks that you had to get per <laughs> round. <laughs> and the machine would like light yes. up as you. <laughs> If you right. didn't get them all in in the second round, you get disqualified. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. If you missed a kick. Uh, in any of the rounds, that would count because it's a 10-point must system. Yeah. So if you miss a kick, you got one point taken away, almost like as you got as if you had gotten knocked down. Yeah. So I remember we would like count kicks, like make sure you get your kicks in. Okay. Yeah. You're eight kicks down, and now you can do whatever <laughs> you want. You got your eight kicks in. Well, that was there was a reason for that though, man. So back then in those days, uh, they wanted to keep the boxers for coming in and dominating, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So that's why they had like the eight kicks or whatever it was, dude, man. Oh, uh, so I don't know if I ever told you this story, man, but fucking, so we're, I'm training for that fight, right? That, uh-huh. that last time I fought that, that where I, when you and I were training together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and fucking <laughs> Fred Degerberg, the owner of the fucking school comes over to me and one of like in between rounds and stuff. Right. And I'm like sitting there sweating and hanging out and, uh, just trying to get rounds in with people or whoever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Fred comes over and he goes to me. Hey man, um, you better get all those kicks in. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no, no, you know, yes sir. I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna, you know, do kick, you know, get all the kicks in, do all that shit. And he's like, well, you know, there's two things I gotta tell you. I'm like, first off, like when you go in there, you know, you're representing the school. Yep. Right. So we're the good guys. You don't show up and act like a douche. Mm-hmm. Is basically what he said. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing. 
He says like you you show up and you behave yourself like one of the good guys. Yep. You be classy. You congratulate other people. You know, you shake your hands or whatever, and you don't act like an asshole. Because mm -hmm. again, we're the good guys. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I was like, okay, I'll make sure not to be an asshole. Right. Mm -hmm. Number two, he says like you better get all those kicks in. Because <laughs> yep. if you don't get all those kicks in, I've gave instructions to your team to leave you by yourself in the corner in between rounds. Wow, he I didn't said, know this. He told me this. And so he said to me, if you don't get all your kicks in, this is actually, I think, for the first fight, actually, now that I think about it. It's not mm. for the second one. It was the first one that I ever fought. He goes to me, if you don't get all your kicks in, Oscar and the team are going to leave you by yourself <laughs> in the corner, and you're going to have to get your own stool and get your own water oh and drink your own water. <laughs> <laughs> be ostracized by the team yeah it's out. like if you get if you don't get all your kicks in. so then this so i i freaked out dude you became a taekwondo master bro. dude that, kicks. i was all kicks for that first fight that first fight i threw kicks i didn't even throw punches dude i threw nothing but kicks bro i kicked so much my foot swole up right I couldn't get my shoe in afterwards. Oh, man. Yeah, I couldn't get my shoe on. And so, like, it swole up. It, my foot was a big, giant, fucking purple grape. <laughs> and, and so then, like, um, at the time, I was trying to, like, get, you know, Muay Thai certification under mm -hmm. the Muay Thai uh, Association and uh, all that stuff. And so then um, Oscar told me, he was like, wow, dude. I think it was Oscar. Pretty sure it was Oscar. Oscar was like, "Wow, dude, you kicked so much. You know, like that was awesome. Like we could take all that kicking, all that video. That we could take the videotape from all that kicking that you did, show it to the Thai Association. Maybe you get in just with that, right? Right. And I'm like, oh shit, really? This is like, it's like, well, dude, like I had to kick. Yeah. And he's just like, why are you saying that? You know, like, and I was like, well, Fred told me that you guys would leave me by myself in between rounds. And he's like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, he never said that to me. Wow. It was all bullshit. <laughs> it was all fucking bullshit. Because yeah, how, how many fights did you have? I had, I had two kickboxing and one boxing. Okay. Because I remember you won that fight. I remember watching the video. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was perfect. The guy threw a front kick at you and you used your elbow to deflect it. And you, and, and you landed a right and you dropped the guy. I don't know if... That's the second fight. Was that the second fight? You okay. were, I think you were there. You gave me the tape. At the Concord Plaza? Yeah. Yeah, you were there. Yeah, of course you were there. Yeah, you, you were there because that was a night. But there was another one, I think, even before that. I remember yeah. you watching. Because how many, were the, the, for the kickboxing fights, were they both knockouts? No. The what? first one, I won by unanimous. Okay, okay. Um, the second one, I was trying to knock that fucking guy out, too. <laughs> I was trying to knock him out hard, dude. I was kicking his arms, and I was just kicking him yeah. and kicking him. And I was like, fuck it. I don't care. He's blocking. I don't want right, right. to be left alone in the corner. <laughs> I'm just kidding those arms break and, you dude know, i just wear kept them down yeah so like i didn't even think about what i was doing i was just kicking because i didn't want to be left alone wow <laughs> and so then uh by the by the second round he couldn't lift his arms anymore yeah yeah that's exactly what you his, do man. his arms were like dead he was like walking around <laughs> with his arms on his side he tenderized them yeah bro and then i was dropping kicks to his head i was wow. just like boom i was like fuck it i'm just gonna kick him in the head but, you know, you got the headgear on, yeah, so the yeah. dude's just wobbling this way and wobbling that way. Wow. It was, it was, it was crazy, bro. I, I'm going to tell you, man, like, those years while mm -hmm. I was at Degelberg with you guys, 
fucking happiest years of my those life. Were, those were golden years, man. Bro. The golden years at, of Degory Academy. Amazing. For me, it was huge. It, it, it changed my life. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. But yeah, dude. So like, so you're a brown belt in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We met back in those days. Yep. How long has it taken you to get to brown belt? So I started uh, 2004 under Team Dino Costellas. And I've been with uh, Dino ever since. So 2004. And it was the same time. I was applying for uh, physical therapy school, and I went to UIC. Mm. So I remember I knew I was going to be around the, the UIC area, and a friend of mine that I trained with, uh, Chris Albandia. I don't know if you remember Chris. From, I remember uh, from Jack, Denver. dude. Yeah, Filipino guy. He, like, you're not Filipino. They don't make Filipinos that size. They're Samoan. Stop lying. Dude, I thought he was Samoan. <laughs> That dude. Stop lying. You're not Filipino. They don't make him that big. Dude, that dude is like the coolest, nicest dude that I've ever met at the gym. Absolutely. But also like just stupid strong. Yes. And so like. Sick wrestler. I think he wrestled for St. Olaf. And uh, actually even before that, I remember I think in 2004, I won the the novice golden gloves Mm -hmm. because I wanted to compete. So I did the. So after kickboxing, after we had done our kickboxing, then I did the, the golden gloves novice division. I won that. Oh, okay. And then I wanted to move away from uh, striking. striking for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then at Degenberg, we had like some grappling. And then I, I uh, started training with some of the guys over there, like Arnold Abartaloza, who I think is a brown belt now under uh, Hobson Mora. And it was weird, like putting the gi on. Like I had always done like, like, uh, like catch wrestling. Mm-hmm. And this gi was this different, a whole different beast. And I remember when I got hooked to jujitsu, he caught me in, because I was bigger than him. I think at the time I was like 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was maybe around like 150 and he was maybe like 130, 140. So I'm like, okay, I've got, I, I mean, I'm stronger than him. I'm bigger than him. And he caught me in a bicep slicer. Yeah. On the bottom. I'm like, what is this? This is amazing. I feel some people, they try jujitsu and they're like, nope, it's not for me. And they get caught <laughs> something they're just like, nope, nah, I'll stick to something else. Yeah. But he caught me in this bicep slicer. I was just like, teach me this. Show yeah. me more. That's when I got hooked. And then um, I was training with them for just a little bit. And then Chris had told me about Dino and start training over there. And since his school at the time, it was at uh, what used to be Powell Martial Arts right off of Washington, close to like Washington and Halsted. That sounds familiar. Be, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was going to be around uh, I was gonna be around that area anyways because I got into PT school over at UIC. And right before I started PT school, I started training over at, uh, over with Dino over there, man. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And like, you're still under him? Yes, sir. Dude, yeah. that's awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, I would still be under Rihanna Brothers if I could be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I, I moved and stuff, you yeah, know, and I'm at a good place now. I, I, I'm training out of living art uh, jujitsu mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. I really like the, the teachers there and stuff. But yeah, it's nice to be able to like stay at the same place under mm-hmm. the same instructor for a long time, especially if they're a good school. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, let's go through the resume a little more. So <laughs> let's talk about because, I mean, you and I went to Degerberg. But you started at a much younger age yeah, at Degerberg than I did. Still am a shorty, but I was, like, young. <laughs> yeah. I started when I was, like, 16. Wow. And I did mostly the kickboxing classes. I avoided some of the other classes that they had there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, not on purpose, just because just I wanted to fight. Yeah. You know? But what other martial arts do you know, man? I know you know a lot of shit. <laughs> but, like, let's, yeah. let's talk about, like, yeah. what are your most proficient martial arts? I say definitely striking. I grew up prim- uh, primarily as a striker, so... I started when I was nine years old mm-hmm. at Degenberg Academy. Fuck. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, it's so funny because I look at my kids, I'm like, man, so I was like doing martial arts when looking at them at eight years old, like I was about this age. This is when I got, this is when I got hooked. Yeah. It's because of my father, because I, uh, I was getting bullied on because I, you know, I was always smaller for the, uh, compared to the kids in my class because I was also, 
I was born in October, but my, my parents were able to get me into kindergarten, I think a little bit earlier. I think okay. I was four and I was going to turn five in October. So you're the youngest kid in the class. Yes, yes, yes. And, and the so smallest. So my dad right away, he, uh, he got me signed up into martial arts. That's great. And this is back in the day when they had phone books, the yellow pages. Yeah. And he just looked up uh, martial arts schools, I think, and uh, Degenberg Academy had a, had a picture. Yeah. With it, and that was the that was the first school that I that I went to, and I, and I stuck with it. So started at nine years old, and it was predominantly like striking. And it's funny because when the UFC became popular, that's when like everyone started to learn a little bit more grappling. But they already had judo and kali yeah. there as well. But I grew up primarily as a striker, did some grappling. I'd say I'm I'm pretty proficient in uh, boxing, kickboxing, muay thai, and then grappling, jujitsu. And then wrestling, wrestling. because um, yeah, just to be able to balance it all together, especially with the transition or to consider being able to do MMA and from a, from a self-defense standpoint, to be able to, to have striking, some wrestling when you're on the feet and then also on the ground. And so I also did a lot of Kali as well, but I haven't practiced Kali for a while, which is Filipino martial art. And actually, I think Kali is what elevated me to be really serious in terms of martial arts. Really? Because, yeah, because I, you know, I had mostly done like striking. Then they started doing these uh, Kali tournaments mm. uh, week after. I think World Eskrima Kali Arnis Federation. And I was right around like, I think I was seventh grade, eighth grade. What? Yeah, yeah. You were in seventh grade doing Kali tournaments. Yeah, yeah. That's and, dope. And that's the thing is because like I, what's tough with martial arts sometimes, at least nowadays, like with jujitsu tournaments, mm -hmm. kids can compete and they have like a, an outlet to be able to compete into. Yeah. I feel back in the day, like the school that I went to, it was just, it was just like basketball. Yeah. And I tried my best, you know, being in Chicago with Jordan, I tried my best <laughs> basketball, <laughs> but I think I was too aggressive. I fouled out like most of the time and... It's like, you're probably better off with a more physical sport. I, w yeah. I wish I had had wrestling, but yeah. so I, I ended up quitting the basketball team because I got a little bit more reward and a little bit more, I guess, positive reinforcement with the Kali. And mm -hmm. at the time, that's, they, didn't ha they had like point sparring tournaments, kind of, but I never got too into it. They had small in-house tournaments, but then they had this Kali stuff and I felt like I am Filipino and this is part of like my, my heritage. Let me give this a shot. And I actually did pretty well. So uh -huh. that was like, yeah, seventh and eighth grade. I got second place in like the regional tournament. The national tournament, which was at St. Andrews in Chicago. Oh, yeah, St. Andrews. Yeah, yeah, where they, where they used to have the Golden Gloves, Chicago Golden Gloves. Yeah. And, uh, and then Deckerberg Academy helped host that, which was pretty cool. And I, I got first runner-up, which is, again, second place. And I, I got to compete at the Nationals in California. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. And I remember specifically, like, making the decision that, okay, I'm, I'm doing pretty well at this. And, that, and around that time, that's when I decided... A lot of people that know me, they're like, they just assume I was always like a great martial artist. Uh -huh. Dude, I was a fool when I was like a little kid. It's just like anything else. Like yeah. you think about your kids. Yeah. Like I wasn't too serious about it. And, and there were so many times that I wanted to quit. But my dad's like, if you're serious about quitting, then you better take this serious. Like you're going to commit to like, either you're going to do something else or don't just quit because you didn't get promoted or it's, yeah. it's too hard. But if you're serious about it, and I never had the guts to completely quit. <laughs> so I stuck with it. And yeah. then I think right around like, again, like when, when you're in that, that age range, I'm yeah. trying to think my daughter is 12 and she's in sixth grade. So I was maybe around like 12, 13, 14. And you're trying to define yourself. And I felt like I would go to Degenberg Academy and I was helping like teach some classes a little bit as an assistant instructor. But I think that those college terms really elevated me to give me my, my personality and help me define who I was. And so I, it came to a point where I, when I was going to compete for the national tournament, no, no, the, 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 the world tournament. Uh, oh, the world. Yeah, yeah, it was worlds because they had people like from India, from the Philippines, Holy from all shit. over the place. Yeah, yeah. When they were going to have the competition was on the day of my eighth grade graduation. Oh. And I said, okay, you got to decide. I'm like, you know what? I want to go. I want to do this tournament. So I wow. missed my, my graduation to go to this tournament. Wow. And then I got 
second place again for all three for the regional then the national then the world uh-huh. i lost to the same guy every single time <laughs> but um but it, dude it was a great experience but but you're second in the world yeah yeah i guess you could look at it that uh, way yep. dude like whether you're first or second yeah. it's in the world yeah. <laughs> okay so you're second in the world there's one dude yeah. in the world that can beat you and he was really good he was really yeah good. he was really good mm-hmm. but there's one that just you can say okay yeah i got second but there's only one guy who can beat me that means that all the rest of you motherfuckers can't beat me you know that's what that means that is true that you is know? true i never looked at it that way i never looked at it oh, that dude, way oh dude that's fucking awesome that's fucking awesome in the yeah. world yeah Dude, I had no idea. I thought, I mean, I knew you were like, you were pretty good at like a lot of different martial arts. Cause I mean, Diggerberg, they concentrated on like mixing all the martial yeah. arts, but they also had specialty classes. Yes. yes. So they had like a Chikundo style yep. class, but then they also had individual uh, specific classes to train that particular skill, especially if you're interested in that particular martial art. Yep. Kali being one of them. Yep. They had june fun they had all these different things Mm -hmm. and it was a great it was a great school man yeah like you i saw the giant ad (laughs) and and it was me who was looking for the school my dad doesn't know anything about martial arts Mm -hmm. didn't have any interest in it Mm -hmm. couldn't give me any kind of guidance not Mm -hmm. because he wasn't interested in it or in in helping me but it was just because he just you know he he was my dad he's you know he he was worried about feeding us right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so when I went looking for a martial arts school, it was me looking for it. And my dumb ass just went to the telephone book yeah, at yeah. 15, 16 years old, wow. saw the biggest ad. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, well, this guy's making money. Yeah. He can, he can get that ad. Mm-hmm. That means this place must be good. Mm-hmm. And he looked so, badass too, though, right? Bald head, mustache, and going yeah. Like this guy looks like he man, looks legit, legit, right? Man, <laughs> <laughs> he looks awesome. I want to go there, well, especially for like the late nineties, right? Oh, I mean, dude, he looked oh, legit, yes. man. Well, I watching all this. Were you, were you already at this time? Were you already a martial arts movie fan? Were you a martial arts fan? I was already a martial arts fan because, wow. like you, you know, I was bullied too, you know. Yeah. But like, I also as a bully. I mean, I got bullied and I bullied, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I wasn't, the, you know, I wasn't doing well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like uh, going to a place like this, dude, like first off, I was getting mentorship mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at that place yep. from all these different people. Yep. You know, Oscar, Fred at an occasion, all these different black belts. Yep. It was a great experience for, especially for a kid like myself, you absolutely. know? Absolutely. Uh, and all I had to do was show up. And work with a heart. Yes, you know. Yes, and the moment the moment they see that, people start respecting you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there were there were people in the gym who knew my name I never seen before. Right, and I was just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, <laughs> but they would see that you know you would be the the kid in the ring boxing hours and hours and hours, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so every time they show up, they see you there. You yeah. know, and so they quickly everybody knew your name eventually. You know, it's funny that like. It's very different than nowadays where like if people want to fight and they want to compete, then it was just like, yeah, yeah, it's good for experience. Back then, it's like you had to earn that. You had to earn a spot to be able to go out and represent the team because not everyone that wanted to compete got a chance to fight. It's like if you're going to be one of our fighters, there was like a vetting process. And like even just to get into the class. Yeah. To, in, in the, back then it was called t- Combat Taekwondo. Combat Taekwondo, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It was called Combat. Combat Taekwondo back in the day, man. Um, but you couldn't just like walk in and be like, hey, I just want to take this class. You have to take the blend class first. Yeah. And then uh, you have to demonstrate some skills. And if you look like you could handle it, then you got invited. Mm-hmm. And then some guys, they failed that invite. They'd show up and it's just like, no, you're not ready. So and, and like, some people didn't want to go. <laughs> like, no, I, I'm not, I am not ready. Yeah. Almost, right? Well, the blend class, that's the Chikundo based classes mm-hmm. for, for mm-hmm. our listeners. Mm-hmm. But yeah, dude, like when I went there, 
they forced me to take a blend class. Yep. Yep. And then I took combat uh, taekwondo yes. on the side. Yeah. They allowed me to take combat taekwondo because mm. I was like, well, I want to take the kickboxing class. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to take Muay Thai. I didn't know what I was fucking saying. <laughs> I, I want the Muay. You wanted to fight. Yeah, I want the Mai Thai class mm-hmm. and the ta- and the combat Taekwondo. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. and they're like, "Whatever, kid, you're not ready for that. <laughs> yeah. Take the blend class. Take yeah. the Kundo class." And I was like, "I don't know." And he's just like, "We're not letting you take yeah. two kickboxing classes. Yep, so you can take one kickboxing class and, and and one of our Kundo based blend the classes." Blend classes yeah. And so I was like, all right, you know, so I wore the belt, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, back then they made you wear that belt all the time because they had your name on it. Yeah. So, uh, but after a while, so funny thing about that, after a while, they, I got promoted a couple of times, uh, but actually I convinced them to let me out of the blend class mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was able to take nothing but boxing and kickboxing classes. Nice, nice. And so, you know, I took one Muay Thai class. Uh, what I usually would take was one Muay Thai class and one um, combat Taekwondo class. But, you know, I would, you know, I would sit there and lay into the bag yeah. day after day, just kicking the bag. Yeah. And then uh, the manager at the time came up to me and like I would wear tie shorts uh-huh. and, and the shirt that yep. they give you at the school and the belt. Yep. So it was weird. Like I had the karate belt with yeah, my name with, on it. With Muay Thai shorts. <laughs> yeah. And so it was a white belt. And the manager came up to me and he's like, you don't have to wear that belt anymore. Uh, and I'm like, why? This is like, dude, you're a white belt and you're kicking the bag like that. <laughs> you're scaring all of the <laughs> other white belts that are coming in here. Don't wear the fucking belt anymore. Right, right, right. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, cool. And he's just like, and, 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 and basically he was like, don't tell anybody else I told you that. That's cool. I'm like, okay. You know? And so like. It was, I guess it was like a thing where it's just like, okay, that guy, you don't have to tell him to wear the belt. Everybody mm-hmm. else has to wear the belt, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because it had the name on it and everybody right. else takes a blend class. But. Who were your coaches back then? Was it just Oscar, Oscar Bravo? It was Oscar Bravo. Uh, it was, uh, when I would take the blend class, I can't remember his name. He was super cool. Puerto Rican guy. Uh, he was a bus driver, I think, by day. Or he worked for the CTA. Mm. I um, remember. Not Pedro or... I don't. I don't know his name. He was a light skinned guy. Okay. Okay. Uh, you you wouldn't you would think he was Italian or something. Mm. I'm pretty sure he was Puerto Rican. Okay. He was really good. I think he came from like a Taekwondo background because he was really good with kicks. Mm-hmm. Ah man, I wish I remember that guy because he was one of the nicest guys. Mm-hmm. That guy. There was there was this tall Muay Thai guy. I can't remember his name anymore. John John Brock. John Brock. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. He is a beast, man. That guy was awesome. Oh no, you're talking about the really tall guy who lived in Thailand for a while. That might there's. I remember there was John as one of the top instructors, and also Roger Lurie, another another one. Maybe Roger Lurie is the yeah. guy I'm talking about. He was really was, tall. Yeah, he was really tall. Yeah, not that guy wasn't my coach. Roger mm-hmm. Lurie, the guy who spent time in Thailand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm talking about this other guy. He was he was like a regular Joe Schmo, like like us, mm-hmm. but he was. A Muay Thai badass. Mm. And uh, yeah, those are the two classes I would take. It was him and uh, Oscar. I didn't. I never took any classes with uh, the Irish guy. With glasses? No, he had trouble walking the last time I saw him. He's older. Oh. I'm talking about... Scully? Not Scully. Oh, he passed away. He's, he passed away? Yeah, not till, maybe like with uh, under a year. He passed oh, away, less than a year. Dude. Yeah, he that passed dude. away. That dude was wild. Man, he was, he was an animal. He was a beast. I think he was uh, an alternate in one of the Olympic teams. He was so good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I heard crazy stories about yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard oh, stories man. where the guy has been stabbed. He like yeah. fell out of an airplane. Yes, 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 exactly. He, exactly. He's like he would like go like vigilante hunting and shit. Yeah, and, like, he would. He would. He would go out. That and, dude and fight people. was wild. Yeah, and like the nicest gentleman that you've ever met. Yep. Yep. And he was still running up until like he was he would do the marathon every year. Are you and, serious? And he had to get special Shoes? medical allowance mm. where he had to run with a helmet on in case if he had a stroke while he was running and hit his head. But he like he oh, that guy could run for days and days and yeah. he couldn't stop him. He's just like, I'm doing this. And so he had to get he had to get like a, a medical allowance for him to be able to uh, to allow him to run. I know that he like uh, I would talk to him just in passing and he wasn't like a bragger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He was just like a matter of fact kind of guy. Yes, yes. And so he said some really interesting things to me a couple of mm -hmm. times. He really struck me like in my head, like really in my heart too. Like, cause like one thing he said to me was, I'm like, uh, I'm about to hit class or whatever. And he says, like, what are you up to? And he's like, oh, I just got done running seven miles. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. Right. And you came here? Yeah. And he's exactly. like, yeah, I came here. I'm going to work out and then I'm going to run back home. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I remember thinking like, holy shit <laughs> yeah driving seven miles i'll be tired driving yeah seven miles, seven miles i'm mentally tired i'm like oh <laughs> this driving. dude would run to the gym yep and i don't know how often he did that but yep. it made it sound like it was just like yeah regular thing a regular thing yeah. like it's just a tuesday just another <laughs> tuesday yeah, exactly just oh this is tuesday <laughs> this is my tuesday routine yeah. <laughs> on wednesdays i run backwards right. you know, exactly. like, with a log yeah with a log <laughs> yeah no and that's the other thing too he showed up with like a giant bag yeah yeah and he had all his gear and stuff in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, one of the things I said to this cat one day, I was in the locker. This, those, a lot of the interactions I had with him were in the locker or in yep, the ring. Yep. And so I was in the locker and he comes up to me and, he, and he's like, hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm hanging in there. You know, 18 year old kid doesn't know what to say. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those stock things to say. Right. Mm -hmm. ah, just hanging in there. And he goes to me, that's, that's too bad, man. You're just hanging in there. You're just barely making it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh. And in my head, I was just like, yeah, it's kind of shitty, but mm -hmm. <laughs> I guess it's not really that shitty, right? Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. like, whatever whatever lousy day I was having, it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. You mm -hmm. know? It's just another day. You know? So I'm like, eh, I guess it's not that bad. Right, right. Yeah. You know? And he's just like, well, I hope it gets better for you. That's cool. And I was just like, what the fuck? You know? Like... Like, he made me think about what I say to people and yeah. am I meaning what I'm saying. But also, like, uh, you know, here's a guy who runs seven miles every day just to get to the gym and run seven miles back. Yeah. And I'm having a lousy day. Right. You right, know? Right. So I just, uh, he, he, you know, it wasn't like he was a Zen master, I don't think. I mean, but like every now and then that guy would say something to me and I'm like, what the fuck? Very profound. Very profound. Yeah. Right. And then he would just say awful things here and there. He's like, yeah. <laughs> but like, um, but I was afraid of that cat. Oh, of course, dude. <laughs> I was so afraid of like, him. And then run seven miles and then trains like a beast, then run seven miles home. Well, like, I also cat. saw him hit the bag. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I knew what this guy was capable of mm -hmm. physically, you know, and the yep. nicest dude. Right, right. Yeah. So funny. I also feel that that also set up within me as a martial artist is that when you come to the dojo or you come to the to the school like mm -hmm. whatever is like bugging you like you leave that at the door yeah you come in here and then you make the most out of it and 
Like there's so many of those jujitsu memes, right? Where yeah. It's like on my way to, to jujitsu and you're all angry. And by the time you leave, you're like, oh, you're all happy. Oh, you dude, I want to like... hug everybody when I leave. <laughs> I'm so happy. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, you know, it's, that's so profound. That just that thought that, okay, like whatever is bugging you and like you find solace and comfort in like, all right, so you're here to able to learn and you leave, you kind of empty your cup, mm-hmm. right? You, you stand, and that, that's, that's why I've heard Oscar, uh, say to me is that when you part of what what you're doing when you bow is that you release all that all that anxiety and negative energy like you let that out so Mm -hmm. you have an empty cup so you're able to learn when you step onto the mass i've always thought about that like right like when you show up to the gym like man this is this like such a privilege to be able to be here to be able to share the mats with people and to be able to learn and you know get a workout in so that's always kind of stuck with me that is it is such a huge privilege to be able to work out yeah um and and share the mats with other people um yep. it's it's funny because you know at least with viana brothers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they had an interesting practice i mean don't go don't go over there thinking you can take advantage of people but mm-hmm. in the jujitsu community uh there's a practice of like if there's somebody who can't afford the class yeah yeah they'll let them take the class yep you know yep. and if it if they're really like down on their luck mm-hmm. they'll even give them a gi and let them take classes for free That's for awesome. a while that's awesome. You know, I mean, that's that's been true at least with my experience from yeah. people. You know, and everybody that I've trained with mm-hmm. has had that kind of spirit, and even even some of the people under Viana Brothers, for example, they do that too. Because initially, the Gracies and don't quote me on this, but originally the Gracies wanted to charge a lot of money mm-hmm. just aristocrats mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. for jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. It was Carlson Gracie Junior or Carlson yes. Gracie who was yeah. like. No, this is for everybody. It's for the people of the favelas, man. Like, yeah. you need this. This is not just for the highest doctor. This is this is for, for everyone. everyone. Yeah. yeah. So then, like, he he like opened gyms and stuff like in the heart of like you know Brazil and yeah. Yeah. let little kids in and stuff. That should that should is crazy. Because like I mean, did you ever see Dos Santos when he was running for the belt and he was gonna fight fucking. Cain Velasquez. Cain Velasquez, okay. So when they were going to fight Cain Velasquez and, and, Dos, San, and Dos Santos, Junior Dos Santos, uh, they did like a in-depth travel. They went uh, to Brazil and they followed them around and mm-hmm. stuff. And it was crazy because in the gym there he's at, they had all these professional fighters and all these poor little kids yeah. running around in the gym. I was just like, damn. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. Like imagine you have this little kid and you know who probably will never have a chance to do things yep but he yep. has the opportunity to talk to a champion world like champion right world, champion. Like world, world level competitive professional yeah. yeah well i mean he was a champion at one point wasn't mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. yeah I mean, yeah so it was just like the him and back and forth between kane and him but mm-hmm. I, it's just uh jujitsu is just one of those places man yeah yeah but i mean i've also had that experience in other martial arts too like diggerberg and the people at Duggerberg Academy has, has shown me a lot of like love and respect Absolutely. and stuff. Absolutely. And there have been times where like, hey man, you know, uh, I don't have you know money for this for this mm-hmm. month. And they're mm-hmm. like, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, just come in. Just or come even in. like 
I'd have money for new gloves and like somebody's just like, hey, you use these gloves. You know, yeah. Take these gloves. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. You right. And they had community gloves there too at yeah. the gym. I didn't want to put my hands in no, those man. things. So. It's where COVID started, bro. And <laughs> <laughs> the community gloves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bat came in and wore those fucking gloves. <laughs> the bat came in and wore those gloves. Yeah. yeah. This pandemic. Mm-hmm. Man, it's crazy. It started in a, you know, <laughs> I won't disclose the location, but it happened in a, in a boxing gym in Chicago. <laughs> these community gloves have been used for like, Five decades. Oh, dude, they smell so bad. <laughs> you would wash your hands. You couldn't get your hands on. No, you couldn't you get your hands. all your hands afterwards. Oh, your hands dude. were like a different color. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then, like, then you go eat afterwards. You're like, Man, I, I still can't get this, like, stink off. I don't even want to eat anymore. Oh, my hands still smell like these gloves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, man. that shit, that shit. Oof. <laughs> oof. So you don't consider yourself proficient in, in Kali? Not well. So, so the thing that kind of brought me away from Kali was the fact that but for those week half tournaments, you wore all this armor. You had uh, like, um, you had like this big uh, helmet that had, or uh, it was a helmet that had like a metal grade in the front, uh-huh. and you wore this padded. Yeah, it almost looked like a, um, like almost like kendo armor. Yeah, but I feel it was it was very much unrealistic because it was on a ten point must system, and like you just go, you go two minutes, and you try to try to hit the person as many times as possible. But it's unrealistic because if you're really going to be hitting somebody with a stick, like. If you get hit in the head with like a kill shot, like you're not going to be able to go come back and, and hit them back you know, yeah. this amount of time. So it was a little bit unrealistic. And so I kind of stepped away from it. And that's and the I, reason? Because yeah. it wasn't really realistic? Well, so the, the, the way it was practiced. And I, now I've, I've practiced with a couple other guys uh, like Arnold uh, Bartoloza from, mm-hmm. um, uh, from Dagerberg. And the way they teach it is a little bit more practical in terms of angles. And it was very similar. It's so funny how like some concepts from different martial arts they, they apply across, right? It kind of yeah. transcends to different types of martial arts. So just concepts of angle and reach yeah. and uh, uh, like the, the perception of your depth and, and be able to get the right angle and, and, and get to an angle where you can be safe. Yeah. But your offense is, is strengthened, right? Yeah. And so, the, so I practiced with them a little bit, but it's just like there, there's just so much to concentrate on. And I felt like uh, if I wanted to be really good at it, I would really have to, to spend some time. Uh-huh. to practice so i've just kind of dabbled it in a little bit but really after after that after i had, had done the week after tournaments i kind of stepped away from kali and it was all muay thai boxing kickboxing and grappling uh-huh. yeah and wrestling did you ever hear of the dog brothers yeah oh yeah i watched those videos man yeah those were insane they would and, and they were like they would do like two sticks versus like a, a kendo sword right? yeah or like i forget what other like, like a like, chair versus a fucking <laughs> Yeah. Rattlesnake python. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I'm gonna throw this chair. I'm gonna throw this snake. <laughs> they had like tonfas and like nunchucks. Yeah, like those guys. But those guys got beat up because I think what they would wear it was it would be like a fencing mask and no other padding. Maybe they had like the hockey gloves. Yes, and maybe elbow pads. But those guys like beat each other up, and then they mm. would they would in a way it would turn into a grappling match sometimes too. Yeah, so it would get close, and they had submissions with sticks. Yeah. Which is which is really cool, but yeah, I remember watching those videos. I have a I have a friend who who's part of the uh, Dog Brothers. Mm. His name is uh they call him Mall Dog Carlos Flores. I've had him on the on the show. It's crazy because like some of the stories he's told me, like I guess he was, I want to say he was wheeling a chain. He was fighting a chain versus I forgot what the other guy had. I don't know fucking moose. I don't know. Yeah, what he, right. You know something he had. You know crowbar, crowbar, <laughs> car. Who knows. <laughs> Car versus, you know, Car chain versus, or whatever. Uh, yeah. Buick bumper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then, like, dude, uh, I guess dude went and threw the, the chain at him at one point during the fight. You have to kind of, like, keep a momentum going on the thing, yeah, right? Yeah. So then he 
he whipped it at him and then it, i guess whatever weapon he was using stick or whatever it went over the stick and hit him in the head oh, and yeah. caused like cut his cut him anyway with the mask on on the wow. side of his head he started bleeding so i was just like damn you know and so i guess like the mask filled up with blood or whatever oh, yeah yeah, those guys get hurt, man. <laughs> Longevity, I don't think, is very... There's not a lot of Long-term, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think... <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's a, it's a good strategy long-term. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Which is nice with jujitsu. Like, even, like, the comparison between, like, striking and jujitsu, mm -hmm. And even, I would even say with wrestling, it's like, um, I want to be able to do this until, like, I'm 70, 80 years old, you know? And I feel like... With jiu-jitsu, you're able to do that. Granted that you choose the right training partners and mm -hmm. you have to definitely modify your game. But I remember watching a video of some of these like old school like Russian guys that are still like on the mats yeah. training and still able to to move and be able to to, to work some of these techniques and like, like they're in fantastic shape, man. Yeah. And they look yeah, they look like beasts. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, I don't think I can move like that now. Right, like right, exactly. Look at that guy shooting. <laughs> that guy you know? And it was crazy is they don't look like outside of their ears like you can see that guy like you know at, at, at a restaurant or just like at yeah. uh, mariano's right you just see them walking around but little do you know that this guy can like lateral drop you yeah exactly <laughs> this like this nothing. old man can suplex your right? ass exactly grandpa over here can drop you on your head on your head yeah exactly <sighs> exactly dude yeah that's that's why i left i i guess i can't say i left you know it wasn't like i was anywhere but uh it's why i stopped practicing striking as much mm -hmm. i mean I'll, I'll hit the bag but i don't like getting hit anymore yeah <laughs> it's just like you said longevity right yeah you know i i like to think that we all have a, a certain amount of like brain cells that we can kind of mm -hmm. piss away mm -hmm. you know but you can't continue to practice that i mean yeah. you you and i have seen guys like this yes 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 um because we've seen them at the gym at yeah. Deggerberg. they mm -hmm. they're, they're around Mm -hmm. and when you and it doesn't look pretty when you get hit too much mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah i i stopped doing that because the other thing too was like at one point in my life when i was a kid at Deggerberg, i wanted to go pro yeah yep yep i wanted to be a pro kickboxer just like oscar yep oh yeah 100 and, and and you and me both man yeah like, <laughs> oscar was my hero bro absolutely absolutely because i mean think about it like i was this kid getting bullied or whatever pro probably a little bit of an asshole mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know because i mean if if people liked me <laughs> i probably would have been a nicer kid right mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. i was probably a little bit of a jerk didn't know how to make friends mm -hmm. and here's this cat this badass kickboxer cat who's mm -hmm. you know quite a bit of, you know he was like i think he's like five years older than me or something mm -hmm. and he, he would talk to me he would hang out with me he would yep. teach me stuff he yep. was like he was my fucking hero yeah. That dude changed my fucking life. A lot of people's lives. Like yeah. the, the amount of mentorship and a lot, the amount of lives that he's, he's touched. touched. Yeah, with yeah. his martial arts. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. He changed my life. Now, for a while I was there, I wanted, to, I wanted to go pro. And this cat came over to me, one of our friends. Mm -hmm. But he came over to me and he was just like, it was after one like really hard session with Oscar. Yeah. Or just, you know, kickboxing and stuff. And uh, I was sitting there. And, you know, I, was, I wasn't, like, down or anything. I was, like, you know, jazzed, you know, because you just mm -hmm. got out of sparring, you know. Yep. So you're sitting there, and I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out. But it was a particularly rough one. Yeah. And <laughs> Don't miss this, this cat came over to me, and he was like, what are you doing? Mm. And I'm like, what do you mean? It was like, you're going to school, right? And I'm like, yeah, you know, and I'm going to be going to college or whatever. This is like, why are you wasting your time with this? Oh. And I'm like, what do you mean? This is like, what do you want, what do you want to do with this? I'm mm -hmm. like, I want to be, I want to go pro. 
mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. He's just like, dude, you don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. You're smart. Mm -hmm. You can go to school, get a degree, go to college, you know, mm -hmm. do something else. Mm -hmm. You don't have to get your ass kicked here. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he said, like, look at your head, bro. Your head's yeah. lopsided. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And I went and looked in the mirror. I'm like, oh, shit. You know, you were like, I was like this. You know, wow. like my head was like my head looked like a Z. And from swelling from taking taking shots and yeah, you know, just like, from taking shots and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, huh, maybe he has a point. It's just like, yeah. do you think you're going to be that good? Mm -hmm. Like he made me doubt it, you know. Yeah. But yeah. you see, here's the thing, and I've heard like Dana White and other people talk about this. Mm -hmm. If if you're truly a fighter, there's no talking you out of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was able to talk me out of it. Yeah. I was yeah. never really a fighter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's fine you know but also like later on i got all these crazy injuries yeah and so i was like ooh, like if if it wasn't for the fact that i was already in school and i got all these you know and these injuries would have ruined a kickboxing career mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know so i was like okay so i, I guess i made the right choice mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um i still wonder you know what it would have been like but, you know, I'm not too worried about it anymore. Yeah. There was a time in my life I was like, I should have done that. But now I'm like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. I'm not, you know, because like I said, if I was really a fighter, I would have I done it anyway. Yeah. You know? Like, I, so I, I still train with Oscar. Yeah? Uh, regularly. How's he, how's he doing? He's doing, he's doing well. He's yeah. had some, um, some uh, rough go at, you know, he had a loss in his family. Yeah. But uh, it, it's great that I'm, I'm still able to, to work out with him and train with him. And it's funny that you talk about like longevity. I'm like, there, there, there is a way that you can, you Practice can work striking. striking. Yeah. yeah. Like your defense better be on point. You better move your head. <laughs> there's no machismo. Let me, let me stay here and let me see if I can take shots. But yeah. there's a way to practice it, but I'm, I'm so glad that I'm still able to still train with him mm -hmm. and, and practice with him. And still, man, there, even till this day, for all the years I've been training with him, there's things like little nuggets of wisdom that he says is just like, I know I've heard these lines before. I've heard like the, these these phrases and these uh these quotes before but he's able to wrap it into the into the lesson of of, of what he's teaching that day yeah. and it's, it's 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 so great to be able to hear these things but i'm also at a point in my career because i so I, I turned 40 not too long ago oh no yeah. <laughs> welcome welcome, welcome to, the, like, to the club and so i was thinking i was like huh maybe so, so you know I, I won the novice golden gloves i think uh 2004 uh-huh. And then I won the open division in 2009 for Chicago. Nice. But what happens is once you win the open division, you can never go back. Like, you're always going to be in the open division. Meaning that in terms of the amateurs, you could be fighting against guys that have like 200 fights. Or 50. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. So, it's, so it's open. So I'm like, oh, you know, I, I never want to go back to, uh, to boxing again in, in the open division. But then I turned 40 and I heard there's a master's division. I'm like... Yeah. Would I ever consider going back and <laughs> competing? I, I thought about it a little bit. And yeah. the same thing with jujitsu. It's like, yeah. now I'd be in the 40-year-old <laughs> category to do jujitsu. But And every now and then, I, I kind of get that bug to compete. Yeah. But I, I think I'm at a point in my life where, and similar to you, I wanted to become, you know, like growing up, looking up at Oscar as, as, my, uh, as my mentor. I wanted to become a professional fighter. But I came to a point where I wasn't that talented as a fighter. Really? I don't think I would like, dude, some people go back and forth about this, yeah. you know, it's like, and I think Oscar gave me a reality check. It's funny. Cause some of the guys you were talking about, like these harsh truth bombs that Oscar sometimes lands. On. Yeah. <laughs> he, he says these things, but they're true. 
one time he says like why are you trying to fight like you can hit hard you know it's like you're, you're, that's not you you're not a one punch knockout type you don't have that type of power you're a guy that accumulates like sugar ray leonard that uh-huh. over time or like george st pierre where you're like you know you're, you're able to kind of build up these points and I thought about that. Like, I, I don't have any knockouts in terms of, uh, of all my, uh, my striking competitions between boxing and kickboxing. I've had a couple knockdowns. I've, I've given some guys some, I think, maybe a standing eight cut here and there. Mm-hmm. But I think what the, the testament to me and what I really enjoy doing is, is the teaching mm. component. Because the other thing about it as a fighter, if you do it full time, it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's very selfish because everything is your diet, yeah. uh, like your training, Everything is so focused on you and, and optimizing your performance. Yeah. I mean, when I when I trained for the open division, Chicago Golden Gloves, I think I saw Oscar more than I saw my own family. Oh, <laughs> it's just like every day, day in and day out. And then <laughs> it's funny because I do miss. It's it's so good to have that team, right? Whether yeah. it's like jujitsu or whether it's like striking. So you have a team of guys and you're all like working towards the same goal. Exactly. Like like when we fought that one night. Yeah. Um, I think there was like five or six of us that represented. It was a lot that. of us. That was that was amazing. That was one of the best nights oh, ever. It was, it was it was it was amazing. And you're the out of all all of us. I was the first fight of the night. Yes. Uh, I won my division. Yeah. Uh, but you were the last fighter, and you got the knockout out of all of us. You're the one that got Dude, the knockout. <laughs> there was like we were talking before the show. Like that shit. I was like so nervous. <laughs> And it only got worse with every person that walked in. I won. I won. I was like, fuck, everybody's winning. Can somebody no, no lose? Pressure, Andrew, no pressure, bro. No, right? I was like, can somebody please lose? This is like, no, everybody fucking won. And then like Oscar is like, all right, everybody won. It's your turn. I'm like, the fuck? You know? I was so like, ah, like so pent up, man. Oh, man. But you really, you, un- you un- unleashed your fury <laughs> on this guy. Dude, that shit was, I don't know. Maybe first round. You didn't even go to the second round, man. Yeah, first you round. You took that guy out. 56 seconds, I think it was. Man. But dude, that was fucking, I don't know, man. It was great. It was it was a great experience. And it was funny because uh, what I threw was an uppercut and a yeah. left hook. Yep. Oh, man. Textbook. Textbook combination. It was right? funny because... Oscar was like, well, it's funny that you even threw that. And I'm like, why? He's just like, we never even practiced that in, oh. in training. And you, just, you just threw it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I forgot what he did, but he like, his head was down. So yeah, I threw an up. uppercut. Yep. And then his head went up. Yes. And so I'm like, yes. uh, <laughs> <Look>. <laughs> I guess I'll throw a hook. And then yeah. down he went. And I was like, oh, shit, I won. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Your, Dude, your look after you won, I just remember like you knocked him down and you just walked away and then. It's like you were like, so you knocked him out, like you were the Terminator, right? <laughs> and then once you won, oh my God, you were like slap happy, like hands up in the air, jumping up like, like a kid at a candy store. Like yeah. you totally changed like your demeanor. It's like you were Terminator into like, you know, a kid that just won tickets to Disneyland. And then I remember <laughs> after your fight, you're like, I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry, man. Just give me a whole cow. I'm going to wrap it in a tortilla. <laughs> Don't even skin that bad boy. Just Did I say cow. that? Is that what I said? <laughs> Because that's, that's what fighters do. I remember the yeah. night before. Yeah. First of all, we tried to find the place. Oh, <laughs> we shit. We got lost trying to find the place. Oh, shit, yeah. And uh, and then I fed you a bunch of cabbage. <laughs> right, right, right. Cabbage and your that's rice That's all cooker. I had in the refrigerator. <laughs> it was poor. <laughs> and you come a long way, Edgar, from mm-hmm. like cabbage and a rice cooker. Yeah, cabbage, rice, <laughs> and some fucking, and some chicken I think I had in yes, the fridge. Yes, Oh, man. And we played pool, I, I think, yeah. too. We played pool just to get our minds off of. Well, that was something that fight. Oscar did with me the yeah. first time I fought. Yeah. He took he took us he took us all out to to play pool. That's cool. So we went we went over by that place, that same place I took you. Really? At that place, there was like right not too far from from Degerberg. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, 
like we went in there and we played pool i think it was like korean owned or something there was like a lot of smoking a lot of koreans in yeah there. yeah and uh yeah uh we hung out there and you know he was just like yeah you got to do something the night before the fight you can't be thinking about the fight don't yeah. watch action movies don't don't watch you know don't watch rocky three don't watch rocky, rocky three or don't watch no, none of that <laughs> No, no blood sport. No, kickbox, kickboxer yeah. is my favorite. Kickboxer, no kickboxer. No, no, no I'm, like, po. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I had those on repeat. You know? <laughs> He's like, no, you can't watch any of that shit. You got to chill. Just not yeah. think about the fight at all. Just relax because you don't want to get all that nervous en- energy, like yep. tired, get you tired, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay. And so like when it was our turn, you know, that's that's what I did for you. Like, you know, he, he showed me that. And yeah. so I, you know, I showed you. And like, um, I still do that. Like if I compete, even mm-hmm. with jujitsu and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like don't do anything. Yeah. Just chill. Like chill. Yeah. There were a couple of times where I was like, like with jujitsu tournaments where I was like not doing well with the weight management mm. and I was like still training on the day and I hated it. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. But in terms of the, of all the, all the training, I think again, with competition, like I've had so much competition, like growing up, mm. I'm at the point now where it's it's so much more fulfilling. And then again, this back to the, you know, if I really was going to become a fighter, I think I enjoy teaching so much more. Like that's that's what I do as a, as, as a professional. Mm. So uh, I went to PT school. I graduated. Uh, I'm a doctor of physical therapy. But after ten years, nine years working, uh, UIC invited me to come and and be uh, an, an instructor, professor. Yeah. Oh wow. So, and I love my job, man. Mm. It's the best. But one of the first people outside of my parents uh, and my family, uh, one of the first people I contacted was Oscar. Because yeah. if I had not had Degenberg Academy to be able to refine skills of being able to like speak in public, hmm. to be able to tell people how to move, like how so, so it's analogous being able to teach somebody how to throw a jab or a cross or to do an arm bar. Yeah. Very analogous. How do you teach somebody to, to move somebody that had a, a stroke with right side of paralysis? How, what's the safest way to get them sitting up? How do you guard them to be able to take some steps and, and yeah. run? Like all the years of martial arts and learning how the body works uh, in terms of movement, it's no, it's no question how I ended up going to the profession that I was in and then to become a teacher. And so that, that's what I enjoy most nowadays in terms of actually competing is I have a, a good group of students, a good group of guys that uh, either whether it's jujitsu tournaments or Golden Gloves boxing or, or, or Muay Thai, to be able to, to work with them. And I still get those jitters, like right before they're about to go out and compete, yeah. right before they're going to go out and fight. If you know, I'm in the back room, in the locker room with Oscar, holding mitts, you know, like wrapping up the hands. I still get those jitters. I'm like, oh, thank God it's not me. <laughs> thank God it's not me <laughs> that has to go out there and yeah. represent. You know, yeah, just so much weight that 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 they're carrying. But it's funny too that uh, it's like once you're in there, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember. This was what it was for me. Like I, I don't remember a lot during my actual fights. But I just remember after, like once you step in the ring. And you hear like the lights in the crowd. Once that bell rings, you just like it's just him and me. Yeah, like, you and your opponent. And you just same thing with jujitsu. Yeah, it's like they call you, you shake hands, and then everything just disappears. And you're just like, all right, I'm, let me just back. You know, I'm in the office doing my my nine to five, what I've yeah. been practicing on, what I've been working on. Well, that, that moment, that moment that you're in, in competition, right? You you initiate the flow state, right? Yeah, the flow. That's you're right. in flow, and then nothing else can matter, right? right? Right. Like not the crowd, not the mm-hmm. lights, not the time, none of that shit. Yep. You have to be super duper present, right? Exactly. And I think um, it's interesting how just flow states in general mm-hmm. can create so much memorable situations. Because mm-hmm. like, I mean, I remember the two kickboxing fights. 
and a handful of jujitsu stuff and the boxing that I did and mm. some of the wrestling stuff. I remember those like it happened yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what I ate for breakfast yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. But it's because you initiate that, that flow state, right? And you have to be super present. Yep. And something about that makes it super memorable, right? And mm -hmm. if the situation is a good one, mm -hmm. and a positive one, right? It becomes a positive memory, right? Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. just... Like, it's no wonder that, you know, these these moments in our lives are so important to us. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Um, so, like, it, along of the lines with the teaching and the coaching and stuff, I got, so I had my kids compete in a jiu-jitsu tournament. That's great. Earlier this year, like in April. No, in June. In the beginning of June. Dude, man. Um, I had to like, sit in the coach's chair. Mm-hmm. That's rough. As, as, as a coach and a parent? As a coach and a parent. Oh, man. I do not recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> At least for me, I would rather have a coach actually coach the kids. I mean, I can do all the stuff with them where I work with them here and stuff. Yeah. In the, in the, in the, in, I was going to say in the office. <laughs> on the mats and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and teach them stuff and work with them on stuff. Uh, but to sit in that coach's chair, it, you have to be respectful and yes. and put together and not get emotional about what's what's happening in the moment yes but that's yes. that's my baby out there you know, I know. It, it, that's so difficult because also our kids and our students like they're, they're reading cues from us especially when they're young mm -hmm. right and so so the way we react or even like how we look at like whether they lose or win how's our reaction like there, there's so much feedback that they get mm -hmm. from that but it's that stuff is so important for them too to yeah. be able to to be able to train and then go out and represent. And, and it's a harsh les lesson that even as, as despite how hard you trained, you still lose, but there's still lessons that can be learned in those situations. Absolutely. I mean, for all of us even. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I learned a little something. It's, uh, uh, I learned that it'd be nicer to have somebody else sit in the coach's yeah. chair. <laughs> uh, but also, at least for my kids, I didn't want I didn't want to push it on them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I did want that for them eventually. Mm -hmm. They chose that they wanted to compete. They wanted to compete. That's awesome. So it was on them, and so I was making sure that they get what they wanted in terms of competing because I do want that experience for them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you you, know, you can't win them all. Yeah, you exactly. can't win them all. And then as you go up in levels, right? You know, and even at the black belt level, you know, you 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 know. It's not done there. People, no, there's still black belts yeah. that are way up yeah. here, man. <laughs> Jump like, down here. There's black belts and there are black belts. <laughs> they're black belts. Their their black belts are blacker than the other black belts. <laughs> exactly. Like exactly. Check out that Gordon Ryan, man. Oh man, insane. insane. Yeah, dude. So it's just like, I don't know, man. Um, it, it's but it is. I mean, there's so many lessons and so much stuff that I carry around with me from from those days. Yep. And that place, that place, Degerberg in general was just such a great experience for mm. I think myself. But but like you said, like look at all the martial arts that we were exposed to. Yeah. All yeah. in one place. Yep. It's like it was mixed martial arts before mixed martial arts was mainstream. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and speaking that, of mixed martial arts, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. All good. All good. Uh, did you do any MMA? So <laughs> this is a great story. I was, um, I did one. It was one MMA uh, fight, modified rules. So Modified I, rules, what were the rules? So, so no, it was all on the pancreas. So no open, oh no, it was, it was only open hand strikes, no closed fists. Oh shit. So, 
So I was a white belt. I think I had been training. Uh, Doing that boss rooting before. shit. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> but you could kick to the head, right? You could kick to the head. You, you could kick, kick to the head, but you, you can't punch. Anywhere. I, I forget if there were knees that were allowed. Were you wearing pads at all? Uh, I think cup and then MMA gloves mouthpiece. So, here, so here's the story. So it was, it was a tournament over at McCormick Place. Um, oh, shit. I'm trying to remember who was hosting the event. Maybe Bob Shermer. And uh, it was a two-day event. It was Saturday and Sunday. So I went <laughs> on Saturday, uh-huh. and I was in PT school. I remember I was in PT school. It was my first semester, and I, was, I had like a big physiology exam the next day. But I'm like, all right, I signed up for this tournament, and I, I was in the white belt division, uh, novice division. So I won my division on Saturday. And then I had some friends that were competing on Sunday, so I went on a Sunday to go support them. And I remember hearing they had like, it, it was like a martial arts expo in a way. They had a jiu-jitsu tournament, uh, and they also had like an octagon for MMA. <laughs> yeah. And so all of a sudden, the, the promoters were like, if you're interested in mixed martial arts, come over to the octagon. I'm like, I'm interested. I, you know, I, I, was it going to be like free classes or something, like a raffle? So I show up and they said, hey guys, we just wanted to let you know that we had all these fights scheduled, but a lot of the guys pulled out. So we need to put on some fights, MMA fights, because otherwise we don't have a show. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so my, some of my friends, my cousins, this one guy, Thor, this guy, hilarious, he's just like... What's his name? Thor, Thor Christofik, he's one of Dino's black belts. He's just like... At the time, he wasn't a black belt. But again, like, we were all like, I don't know, like 18, 19 at the time. Yeah. And he's just like... Oh, no, no, maybe, maybe I, wasn't, I wasn't that young. I was maybe in my, my early 20s, maybe 23, 24. So a guy named Thor. Yeah, yeah, it's a Thor, Matt Thor Christofik. He's just like, Leo, man, your striking is amazing. You should do this. You should, you're totally going to win this. I'm like, what? Should I? He's, and he totally talked me up, man. He, he would have he had me ready to fight Tito Ortiz that day. Yeah. He talked me up. So by the time I'm like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll sign up. And so there was, another, there was another guy. At the time, this kid was like 16 years old, but they couldn't fight because I'm a small guy. There's nobody else like uh, in my wick class, uh-huh. right? So okay, he's 16 years old. Like we can't be throwing bows, like close fists. So we decided just like right then and there, let's do pancreas rules, open hand strikes, but then everything else with, with, with MMA. Uh-huh. So he was, he was agreeable to it. And so I'm like, okay, I'm doing an MMA fight. And so I called my brother Vincent, because at the time we lived in University Village, not too far away, it's McCormick place. I'm like, hey bro, do you mind, do me a favor? Uh, can you grab my cup and uh, my mouthpiece and some tie shorts? I'm going to be doing an MMA fight. <laughs> and he's like, what? My brother's like, what? Because he was studying at UIC too. He's like, dude, I got a final tomorrow and you got to like bother me with this? He's like, what the? You're so impulsive. Like, my brother's making fun of me how impulsive I can be. <laughs> so, so he shows up and I put on this, I have a UIC hoodie. I walk into the, into the cage yeah. and then when they, there's something about walking into the cage when they lock that door. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, what did I do? What did I get myself into? Like, did I seriously agree to this? Yeah. It was so funny that it was just like, oh, I'm doing this. I am in an MMA fight. And so, uh, I forget the, uh, it went past the, the first round yeah. and it was weird too, because, uh, somehow he ended up on the floor. The guy, my opponent ended up on the floor. I was kicking his legs. And then the announcer's just like telling the ref, stand them up, leg kicks to down opponent are illegal in Illinois. Like they still didn't even have like a, 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 a whole rule set. Yeah. And so like, oh, you got to stand him up. He's not allowed to kick. I thought I was going to be Sakuraba, right? Like kicking this guy's legs. Uh-huh. So they stood us up. And then there was one time I almost had an arm bar on him. And I think the ref stepped in to kind of stop it. Cause he thought the guy had tapped Yeah, and he's like, I didn't tap and I'm on the bottom and I'm like, no, he didn't tap. Yeah. And then the ref just stepped away and then this guy was like on top of me, you know, like uh, he kind of is in the middle. So but I, we survived around. I was able to re, uh, regain position and then uh, it went into the second round. I remember Dino telling me, he's just like, why are you grappling with this guy? Use your striking. That's your strength. I said, okay. So I came out to the second round and I forget. 
somehow there was a takedown and then I started just uh, hitting open hand to the body. Uh-huh. And I pinned his arms out of the way. I was just hitting him to the body because I forget if we were allowed to hit to the head once on the ground. And then the, his corner through the towel. So that was my one, my one MMA fight experience. Wow. There, there was a time, I, I think even after that, I was training. Like I remember Dino had asked me if I'd be willing to do an MMA fight. And I was training a lot more consistently. And it was like maybe like two or three different occasions where I was considering doing an MMA fight. I was training for it. And then the guy's not on weight or the guy got injured. They're going to have another guy come in and they're like, oh yeah, this guy only has, you know, like, like two fights and like, yeah, but like in Bulgaria, he's like a, he's like a Sambo champion. I'm like, what is this? I'm not, and that's, it's so shady now. It's so shady. Sometimes. Well, fighting has always been shady. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's always been shady. Like, uh, that's one of the things I think Oscar did a lot for us in terms Mm -hmm. of like protecting us from getting assholes. Making sure that it was legit. Like the the, the guys that we were fighting. Yeah. He would, he would like, I don't know how he figured it out, but he would always get people that were close to us. Exactly. In in level, you know, so that we weren't getting fucking smushed. Right. And we had, I think our team, the Degenberg Academy, had a lot of res- like we, we we earned a lot of respect because our fighters were always on weight, mm. prepared. We were professionals, and so I think we garnered that that respect so that when they would set up when they would set up the matches, and you know, like uh, I think it was Tom Latuli that uh, and Weekend War. Do you remember that the Weekend War kick of the nineties? No, I don't remember that. Yeah, that that was like, that was like their, their pitch line. Oh, Weekend War. The weekend war and time that you got rest. I remember, slowly man, away. dude, I went to so many fucking fights as a kid. Right? I went, I went to, a, I went to like, I don't know. I, I went to it. I shouldn't say so many, but I went to at least a couple times, at least to a couple of them a year. Yep. And uh, man, dude, I remember there was one. I saw this cat. He got knocked out, and <laughs> with like a spinning back fist, right? Oof. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, holy shit! Did you hear that? That fucking. That was crazy that mm-hmm. that spinning back fist made so much noise. Yeah. And so I'm, we're, like me and my friends are sitting there just like mouth agape, right? Yeah, like right. what the fuck just happened here? Yeah. In some like little high school gym, right? I think mm-hmm. it was, I think it was St. Andrews. I don't remember. Yep. Anymore. yep. And <laughs> the announcer is like, all right, well, thanks for coming, everybody. There's a blah, 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 blah. And then they start taking part of the ring. And the dude was still in the ring. He was, he was still knocked out in the ring, and they were taking apart the ring. And my friends are like, "Holy shit! Look at this! They're fucking taking apart the ring!" Dude, like, that's that's legit kickboxer, bro. That, yeah, bro. Tongue po knocks yeah. him out and just throw him out in the alley. Dude, that was basically what it looked like, dude. It's just like the dude was still out, like he was out, you know. Oh and then God. like the like I don't even know if the ambulance was there yet. I don't remember oh anymore. Gosh, that's so scary. But yeah, they that's took they, they were taking the shit apart. They were collecting the chairs. <laughs> The, the the stands were empty by the time we came out of it, but we were still looking like, is, is nobody going to help this is guy? Is anybody going to help this guy? What the fuck did does we just a, watch? That guy just murdered this kid. Oh my God. And we're sitting there, we're sitting there and like, <laughs> mouth agape, we turn around, everybody left. Oh my God. Everybody left. The, 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 they're still working on cleaning up the place oh, and I'm man. like this, the kid's still in the fucking ring <laughs> and I was like oh shit his corner like, just abandoned him and just like oh you dude it was left him. it was it was the wild west back then man <laughs> uh, I mean we I mean we don't have like at least I don't I don't have room to, to, to consider myself like one of these guys like Tito Ortiz or you know any <laughs> other like Mayhem Miller right. Mayhem Miller's got some crazy stories oh yeah but 100%. like but I, I never had any of those experiences. But I mean, but I remember shit. You know, I've seen shit. Like, yeah. shit's fun, you it's, know? It's so funny because uh, I remember at work as, as a therapist, people would be like, oh, do you ever watch a... Like, they would use, like, these, like, movie references. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen, like, a Flashdance or 
what is it like National Lampoon uh, Christmas Vacation? I'm like, no. Like, what what movies did you watch? Do like Kickboxer, yeah, <laughs> Bloodsport, Commando, like Commando. all these March. That's what I grew up on. And, yeah, and, yeah. And then to like see these live fights, that was such an integral part of my uh, of, of me growing up. Is is going out to watch Oscar compete at St yeah. Andrews, St Viters, and 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 watch the team and St Viters. Yeah, dude. Yeah. My my very very first kickboxing fight was at I think it was yeah I think it was at St Viters. I think I was only sixteen years old. That's at awesome. The time. That was my first kickboxing fight. I think when we fought, that was my second fight. Uh-huh. Altogether, I think I had three kickboxing fights and maybe altogether six amateur boxing. Six amateur boxing. Yeah. Okay. And they were both through the Golden Gloves. Mm. Yeah, I only did one uh, through the Golden Gloves. Mm-hmm. I got eliminated right away. They stole it from me, man. Oh. I was robbed. I was robbed. That's my story. I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, it sucked, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> but it's, t- it's tough as a tournament. Like, you don't know. Like, so when I won the Open Division here in Chicago, mm. uh, you know, I, I think definitely the, it was in my favor the way it was, the, the brackets turned out. Like, mm. it was just the right amount of competition for me to be able to beat rather than me being against the number one seed. Mm. So when I won Open, I think that was 2009, I won the, the Open Division Golden Gloves. And what was cool is that we got to go to compete and represent, uh, to represent Chicago at the National Golden Gloves in, at Salt Lake City. That's awesome, though. But when I fought, I got to buy the first day, the second day, because I had, first of all, I was like the oldest fighter out of the group. And I was only like maybe 27 at the time. Yeah. Most of the guys that I'm fighting with are like 19, 20 years old. Yeah. So I was seated, and I had the, the least amount of fights. So I seated against a guy from Detroit, Eric DeLeon. Really good. He could switch southpaw, conventional, three rounds. And I think... Uh, some guys were saying that, like, the first round, I gave him a little bit of a challenge, but by the second third round, he had figured out my game. Oh, shit. Uh, so I, I lost to the guy that, 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 that won the, the whole division. Hmm. But what's interesting is that afterwards, I looked him up, and it's so crazy. So he was training, I think, out of, I think he's professional now. He trained out of the Kronk's gym in Detroit. And oh, shit. And Emmanuel Seward had an article about him, and I think he had passed away years ago, but they were interviewing Emmanuel Seward about who the famous boxers are coming out of the Kronk's gym, because that's where um, Tommy Hearns... Had, had, was working with, with, uh, with Emmanuel Seward and Emmanuel was just like, oh, this guy, Eric DeLeon, is the next up and coming. He was a silver glove champion and golden glove champion. It's just like, oh, wow, I was actually able to compete at that level with a guy that was that good. Yeah. And funny enough, too, that, that, that Salt Lake City uh, golden gloves tournament, I saw the, uh, the, the Boston Marathon Bombers. Uh-huh. They were there competing. Oh, shit. Or at least the, the, the older one, Sarnayev, the older one. Really? The older brother, the one that, 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 that died. So what happened was that he, because remember he was a, a boxing, or he, he, he was an amateur boxer and he had Olympic uh, uh, aspirations. Aspirations. And so I remember he lost to the guy from Chicago. And it was a great fight because uh-huh. the guy from Chicago got knocked down, I think, early in the first round. I think it was three rounds. But he was able to rally and come back and win rounds two and three. Wow. And he eliminated this guy. And then that was the end of his... Boxing uh, career? His, well, at least for, 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 that, for that year, for that season. But again, it's like, it's so funny how the brackets work out in those like tournament style yeah. competitions. Same thing with jujitsu. You know, I think I've heard John Donner talk about that. Just like, and I've heard Henry, Henry Akins, who I've, you know, one of Hickson's black belts, talk about that I've trained with uh, extensively. Just talking about like with those tournaments... It's like sometimes you get the luck of the draw with the brackets and sometimes like you've got a really tough 
see like from the from like the, for just for like the first yeah uh, for the match. first bracket yeah yeah like, your you first gotta, your first round is you, you fucking go Gordon Ryan yeah <laughs> like, you fuck, fuck Gordon man. Ryan <laughs> why would I get Gordon Ryan <laughs> right first round. I want to at least win one right? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking I came here for nothing now <laughs> oh my god but those, yeah, those and that's the other thing man those tournaments they can um they get pricey although I th- I forget which there's there's a grappling um. I forget which which uh, which group does like free for brown belts, which is really cool. Was it free really what? Nice. Like brown belts are able to compete for free. Oh, brown belts are for yeah. free. I don't know if it's grappling industries or grappling. I forget which which was really nice. To oh, that's incentivize cool. the brown belts to be able to compete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Yeah, and plus the saying goes, one tournament is like six months of competition or six months of practice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like you can really crunch down some yeah. some time. Yeah. If you compete more often, right, exactly. you'll get the black belt sooner. Exactly. And so, like, especially for brown belts who want to become a black belt, yep, they they probably want to compete as often as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think about like just these days in terms of do you like competing jujitsu or do you rather not? Or again, I I think the the part of me that that has that itch, but I'm at a time in my life right now just like with busyness of work and also yeah. teaching. Like, I really enjoy the teaching and coaching aspect of things because again, I think when you're competing. Uh, so much of it is like centered on you, mm-hmm. you know. So it's hard to, I think it's hard to be a, a top level competitor, but also be able to to be a good coach. Like it's hard. Like like there's definitely people that are able to do it. Yeah. But it's hard to be able to juggle both and do both of them really well. Uh, you know, like the, the people that compete a lot, I've, and I've seen their games just dramatically improve. Guys that compete consistently, mm-hmm. they just they just get better and better and better. Right. It's almost they, they're on a faster trajectory. Um, but it know. is a huge time suck. You're right it about is. that. Like the weekends, man, especially if you have a family, it's like your whole Saturday is gone. Yeah. Just waiting around, waiting for like the, you know, the, your bracket to be called up. Yeah. And so well, yeah. never mind that, but also like all the practice you have to get in. Yeah. All the practice, all the discipline that you have to put in, right? You said, you said before, like when it comes to competition and new training and getting ready for competition, it's a very selfish, yeah. you know, practice, mm-hmm. right? You... Yeah. you Everything, the meal, the sleep, the time, it's all focused on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's, it is difficult mm-hmm. for people with families, right? Unless this is all you do. Right. Unless right. you're somehow independently wealthy mm-hmm. or already some kind of like gym owner. Right, right. You know, it, it's, you know, where you don't have a day job, mm-hmm. like this is your day job. Mm-hmm. Then it's a different story, right? right like right. you're able to advance. You are able to like... Uh, get all the practice and all the work done so that you can get ready for competition. But yeah, you're, you're right. It's, it's very difficult. And then emotionally, like you, you take it out on your family members. Like, Oh man, I just, I remember so many like bad, <laughs> bad training sessions. Yeah. I apologize to all my, all my, my family members that I, when I, when I was training, <laughs> it's just like so short with them. Like you don't want to talk to anybody <laughs> stay in your room and just listen Dude. to Lincoln Park. Cause you're so angry at yourself. <laughs> Dude. I, I don't know where I, I think, I think that's from just like, I want to say that that might be leftover stuff from 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 back in the day, uh, at least for me, uh, when I would train kickboxing, yeah. you know, because I, I always thought like, you know, I had to fight angry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? So like, yeah, I remember like the discipline of having to like choose the right food yep. and yep. staying on the diet. Mm-hmm. That makes me mad, dude. <laughs> right. I want pizza and tacos. <laughs> right. And I can't have any of that. Oh, man. You know, and especially back in those days, you know, uh, we were told by various people, because, I mean, that was the practice at the time, 
no sex. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. get really grouchy, man. <laughs> it's so really, really grouchy. Punching walls. <laughs> so Dude, super grouchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, like the people closest to us take the take the brunt of that, right? Yeah, yeah. As, especially when you had a bad training session. And I just remember how many times like Oscar would say like these things after training. He's just like, oh, I thought you were mentally tougher than that. Like, oh, he would say shit like that too. <laughs> I thank Oscar for so much that he's helped me with, but man, he's, he, he said some things. It's just, I remember he would, he would go home and he would, he would tell his wife, like I said, these things to, to see, he always knows me as, as, as Leonard, right? Cause uh-huh. most, most people like they, they'll call me Leo by my nickname. Uh-huh. It's, it's always Leonard. And, uh, and he would tell his wife and she's like, you said that to him. It's like, Oh yeah, you need to learn this. But like things, I remember one time, Oh, I was, I was getting ready for a fight and in between every round, he would look me in the eye in the middle of the, of, of the ring and he would just look at my face. He says, tell me when you're ready to fight because you're not ready right now. And then he would walk away. I was like, oh my God, I'm so bad. And then he just got com- compiled worse and worse. And then you'd go out there and you try to do better the next round and you get like the, 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 you know, the floor mopped with you. And he's just like, you're still not ready to fight. Let me know when you're ready to fight because you're not ready. Ooh. Oh my gosh. It's like that whole, that, and, then, and then that was the same day. I think my brother Nicholas was in the car with me. Um, and I drove Oscar because remember at Dagerberg sometimes it's hard to find parking and if you wanted the cheap parking yeah. you had to park in the neighborhood so yeah. I gave Oscar a ride to his car and I think Nicholas is in the car with me he's like I didn't know you were so mentally weak what happened today I was like oh my god wow <laughs> but it's like we call it like hazing in a way it's like hazing yeah. but by the time you walk into the ring like like nobody's standing in my way from getting that win like I'm going to find a way to win because I've been through hell and back the way Oscar prepared us you know it's funny because like uh, yeah, he said stuff like that to me, I guess. <laughs> but it wasn't like, I never took it like, I just took it as advice. Yeah. I never took it, it never like, it never like, oh shit, you know, I'm fucking up. I never did that. It was more like, for example, there was one time, <laughs> I, I must have looked like an asshole, first <laughs> off, because I've thought about this a little bit. And I'm sure he probably doesn't even remember this, but I thought, I thought about this and... Uh, I probably came off as a jerk. So let me preface that with this. Mm. So, but then what happened was I was, I was feeling myself. I was thinking, yeah, I'm pretty good. You know? So I said, Hey, Oscar, how about, you know, we practice with leg kicks today. Oh, oh God, no. And I don't know how I said it to him, but I must've sounded like an asshole. Because something in him, it like triggered something, oh, right? He's a fighter at heart, man. Yeah, bro, challenge, for real. He's a fighter. accepted. No. Yeah, exactly. And I think he must he must have took it as a challenge. Exactly. So we got in there and then he just fucking ruined my legs, bro. He came after my legs like they were fucking, I don't know, like they were on fire and he was trying to put them out with his feet. And uh, and dude, afterwards, I I was so humiliated so i must have like i was humiliated i must have said it in such a way because Uh afterwards i was humiliated (laughs) i didn't i I wasn't like oh shit i got you know i got an ass cooking a kicking i gotta fix this Mm -hmm. no i came out of there and i was like i suck (laughs) (laughs) what was i thinking (laughs) and uh and then the, the conversation he had with me afterwards was like so uh you gotta you know watch how you treat people Wow. You got, you know, you, you, you got to make sure that you're humble, mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. make sure that you approach people a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, cause you know, you can't, you can't go around acting like, you know, all 
you know, arrogant, mm-hmm. I guess was what he was trying to say. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing again, but I do remember him telling me, you got to be humble. Wow. And I remember thinking like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> I just wanted to practice leg kicks. <laughs> I just wanted to, you know, like up my level, you know? Right, right. And, and I wasn't, and in my head, I wasn't challenging uh, Oscar. I was, I was trying to, you know, add another aspect of the fighting game to my, to my repertoire. Mm-hmm. But I must have came off like a fucking asshole. <laughs> now, now what is that? Maybe how you said it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I must have said it really fucking like, like an arrogant, you know, jag off. Mm-hmm. But like also, you know, I was a kid, you know? Yeah. But yeah. also like that, I've thought about that over the years and I've, I've come to the conclusion that he was probably right in, in kicking my ass because it taught me something about humility, right? Mm-hmm. But also like it was a safe space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I were to go around acting like that, not knowing that I'm acting like that, mm-hmm. like someplace else, yeah, you know, let's just say I went to another gym and I acted like that, mm-hmm. I get my ass kicked, mm-hmm. right? Never mind that. Let's say I did that kind of shit at a bar or something like right. that and I get my ass kicked. Mm-hmm. The, the stakes are higher. Absolutely. Right? You can get you can get bottle broken over your head, you can right. get in trouble, you you know stab shot, stab yeah, shot yeah. end up in jail, you know. Absolutely. So like the the lessons of me being an asshole at the gym and then, you know, uh Oscar dishing out instant karma <laughs> was beneficial for me. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> Cause I mean, if it would have been somebody else, it would have been fucked up. But I did learn something about humility. I was just like, fuck, I don't know how I said it, but I fucked up, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and then years later, I figured out, like, oh shit, I do sound like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I need to fucking work on this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not something that is ever done. Some of these things, at least for me, uh, is never, you're never done trying to fix it right Mm -hmm. it's just something you kind of have to keep in check right right pride being one of them yeah absolutely absolutely but dude he came after me dude (laughs) there's something about his bone structure like when he hits you even even if he's demonstrating he'll just demonstrate something and i'm like oh i felt in my bones (laughs) like that's gonna leave a bruise that was like so painful (laughs) that dude that dude he's just got it's funny because you don't you look at him he looks like a normal dude i think I think genetics wise, he's got mm-hmm. some kind of things on his side. Oh, for sure. Because sure. Uh, I mean, I've got all kinds of surgeries uh-huh. from, from practicing, you know, martial arts over the years, and I don't think he's ever broken anything. You know, like I don't know. You know, like he seems pretty resilient. By the time I was his age, when he was teaching me stuff, I was already I've already been in the doctor's office a few times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm like. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I'm, maybe it's nutrition or maybe I just don't have the genetics for some of this, you know? I mean, his nutrition is on point. I know he, do, he doesn't do any sugar. He doesn't do any gluten. He's 50 something right now and he moves like he's, he's like 30 years old. Yeah. You know, he's still able to move around, still able to train. Uh, but you know, it's funny too. Like he does have injuries. Definitely. It's just, he, he hides them well. Yeah. He, he told one of my students, my, one of my students had hurt his rib, um, grappling. And then uh, he was going to spar uh, with Oscar and I, and he had told Oscar, he's like, hey, I, I kind of hurt my rib a little bit. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. But when you're training, like, you're going to have injuries. Goes, I broke my nose one time. I made sure nobody touched my nose that day. I still sparred. I was like, oh, my God. All these, like, all these like, lines, it's like <laughs> another truth bomb. It's like, okay, you're hurt, but you're not that hurt. But, but it is, I, 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 there's truth behind that. Like, even if you have injuries, you still have to figure out a way to, to make it work, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I hurt my right arm. 
okay, I'm going to work on my left hand, right? I, I hurt my shoulder. Well, my kicks are going to get really good, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I hurt my ankle. Okay, let's work on uh, uh, Something upper else. body strength. Yeah. Like there's, there's a way, like you shouldn't use that as an excuse. And, and you know, the other thing about Oscar too is that everyone just assumes that he was always so good. Like he definitely had raw talent, but mm. the amount of hours that he spent training and and he was telling me his training regimen, especially when he was uh, fighting professionally, you know, in terms of his diet. And he has just, he's got these logs and logs and logs of like how far he ran that day. What was the time? Oh, I was slowing down a little bit here. I need to pick up my pace with my running. Oh, wow. Um, watching fights every day, studying fights. I remember back in the day, back before they had like YouTube and yeah. even like DVDs, he just had like a wall full of VHS tapes of like fights categorized, like literally like meticulously, you know, November 15th, 1998, De La Hoya versus Chavez, wow. 12 rounds, like very meticulous in terms of his bookkeeping with his organization. And, and sometimes he would just, he would just put a fight on, he would just study that fight. Like what's, what's, what's person A doing? What's person B doing? What is he setting up? So his eye to be able to see these things is just it's insane his IQ, his fight level IQ. Yeah, he's got he's got a really high fight level oh, IQ. Hundred percent. Even even when 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 I was there and he was still kind of a, like a young you know practitioner, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he still had so much talent and so much oh, so much yeah. intelligence for it. Yeah, you know? it's funny too because uh, he was telling me one time because we were talking about Mark Scully earlier. He yeah. was training with Mark, and uh, Oscar had reached. I think Mark threw a punch and Oscar reached. To, to kind of stop the punch. Uh -huh. You have to be careful how far you reach. Yeah. So he reached far enough where he left himself open and then Mark, boom, cracked him with a straight right. And Oscar said, Mark was so good, he caught him and he knew that he was out. Oscar just felt like like his legs leave and he started to kind of tip over a little bit yeah. and he kind of caught himself. But Mark caught him, right when he caught him, he knew. That's how yeah. precise Mark was. And he turned around to the rest of the guys that were practicing. He's like, see, that's why you never reach because you could get knocked out just like that. Like yeah. he knew exactly like the amount of force that they're in. So it's funny. Oscar's like, Mark was a beast. Yeah, <laughs> Scully was a beast. Yeah. That fucking dude. Like I remember. I mean, his style of boxing is is something else, though. Mm -hmm. But like mm -hmm. he he would like rag on other people for their defense. Yeah, yeah. he's just like, why are you using defense? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, strong offense is all you need. <laughs> yeah, offense. That dude's nothing but offense. Oh my god! Remember? Yeah. I mean, am I wrong? Or? No, no, you are not wrong. Yeah, what was tough though was like a lot of his students. That's hard. Like when 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 you're very talented, but then you like you can get away with some things. Like his students didn't have the same talent. But then they didn't have like they didn't have the the chin to be able to take the shots. Like he was able to take the yeah. shots, and yeah, like their, their defense is lacking. I remember one time there was. I think it was Mark and Oscar. They were just they were there at the gym at the same time over at Dagerberg. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mark said, "Hey, let's do a couple rounds." And then again, I think Mark already had like a, a couple strokes, Ugh. so it was only to the body. But they wanted to like I guess Mark wanted to spar and Oscar wanted to like kind of play around a little bit. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh! Like watching those guys go back and forth, just body shots, like the amount of of of, of energy and power that Oscar was loaded, and then and Mark was able to take that. It's insane yeah insane that that dude could take anything oh my gosh. anything to the head anything oh. to the body i mean you pay for shit yeah. right yeah in the long run <laughs> yeah but that dude could take it oh man and it was like he he'd punch you while you're punching him yeah and you were gonna go down yeah, exactly exactly absolutely that's fucking nuts <laughs>
it was fucking nuts. No. I remember seeing that. I'm like, I am not fighting with that. No, no. I am never sparring with that not guy. Not at all. Man. I never spar with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, of all the people in that gym that I sparred with, I, I think I sparred with everybody. Everybody that came through, mm-hmm. that was the one cat I wouldn't spar with. <sighs> Insane. Yeah. But like, um, but yeah, dude, that, so I remember watching Oscar at <laughs> one fight and it was fucking hilarious. I, I drove out way out north and way west. It was on some suburb way, way west. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I get to this place, right? And, you know, he's, it's, I think it's like his second, maybe third professional boxing fight. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I show up, I talk to some of the guys. I'm there by myself, you know. So I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to check out Oscar. And I'm going to get me some nachos. You know, Oscar's next. I'm going to get me some nachos. I'm going to get a soda. Walk over, fucking get to the fucking concession stand, get me a soda. <laughs> Big fanboy, right? Right, right. Yeah, I walk, I'm walking back, and then, like, they announce the fight. I'm like, oh, shit, the fight, right? So I'm walking up the, the stands with, like, my fucking nachos and my fucking drink and shit, trying not to spill. And I get to the top, and I'm like, oh, shit, it's starting, right? And so I don't even sit down yet. I'm turning around, and I'm watching this. Bing! Oscar comes out, right? Uh-huh. And the other guy comes out and he's like, blah, 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 blah. you know, he looks, he looks floppy. And I'm like, ooh, <laughs> this guy's not going to last long, right? <laughs> it's going to be a fast so, so I was sitting there, I'm thinking, you know, maybe, maybe second round, right? <laughs> then Oscar comes out, boom, 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 bouncing. This cat comes out, boom, 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 boom. And then Oscar just drops him with the right hand. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't give me a chance to sit down. I didn't even get the chance to taste my nachos, <laughs> not even, bro. Not even one chip. Not even one chip. This fucking guy already died. I was like, dude, man. Look at that guy. Didn't have to buy nachos. I thought I'd be here a while. I could have saved some money. I could have saved my twenty dollars nachos. <laughs> yeah, because <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're expensive at yeah, those places. Of <laughs> so, like, he knocks them out and shit, and I'm like, holy shit! And the dude, the, like, he hit him so hard, dude popped up poof, like that. He like jumped up on his feet, landed on his feet, and then fell down. Yeah, and just yeah. crumbled. And I'm like. Ooh, 15 seconds. Wow. I think it was like 15 seconds or 12 seconds. Super fast. Literally, the fight was mostly them walking to the center. (laughs) And so funny thing is, I'm like, holy shit, that was awesome, right? So I get down there and I'm like, yeah, Oscar, you know? And so the guys in the corner were like, we didn't see it. I'm like, what? You guys had the best seats in the house. And they're like, no, we didn't see it. And I'm like, are you serious? And so, like, someone had to show them the fight wow. on the camcorder. Mm-hmm. And the reason that happened was these two guys were going back and forth in the corner. They're like, look, I got the stool and you, and no, you got, you get the stool and I got all the other stuff. The I'm bucket. Gonna, and the, the bucket bike, and stuff. Yep. I'm going to jump into the ring and I'm going to talk to Oscar and I'm going to, like, you know, in between rounds and give him advice. And you, you, you get the stool and stuff and give me all the other stuff. The, and the other guy's like, no. I got, you get the stool, I get the bucket, I'm going in there. And like, no, dude, you don't understand. You know, like me and Oscar, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you don't. Bing, fight's over. <laughs> they're still arguing about and they, it. They're still arguing. It's just like, what the fuck happened? He's going to hold the water bottle. <laughs> exactly. There was no reason for the argument. They missed the whole fight. Wow. There, there, was, no, there was no in between rounds, right? right? There's no, they never got past the first round. They never got past wow. the first minute, you know? That's like insane. And it was awesome, dude. And then I got a kick out of that, man, because I was like, dudes, you missed the whole fight. You guys had the best seats in the house. <laughs> you had to watch it on the camcorder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
you know, somebody luckily somebody had a, had a you know good enough picture, and they were like sitting there, and I was like, fuck. Right now, that's the, that's the only time they can see the fight because they were they, their eyes were off of him while they were arguing about the water bottle. They were arguing ar- 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 the stool and the water bottle. That's what they were arguing about, dude, Crazy. man. So um, I just want to get to a couple questions. Sure. Questions I like to ask everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I know we we've been here for a while, <laughs> uh, but like I have to ask. So you're sure. teaching jujitsu these days, right? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Where are you teaching at? Uh, so the program, it's, it's Arguelles MMA, uh, but it's housed at Evolution Fitness, okay. which is on Peterson and Pulaski up on the north side of Chicago. Oh, I've been there. That, that place is cool. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you come and train with me. Yeah. I train with you a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what do you do with spazzy white belts? You got a nice spazzy wrestler mm-hmm. or somebody who's just a little spazzy. What do you, what do you do with these guys? I feel with, uh, a, a big thing that I've, I've learned with the jujitsu and I, I mostly learned this from Henry Akins. Um, is in terms of, of jujitsu, it's like you don't always have to win, mm-hmm. right? And so if I have something that's really spazzy, like I, I need to be, you know, a win for me is like I'm able to walk home without like, you know, my joints intact, like yes. not cut up and bruised up. You yes, know? I, I'm there with you, man. You know, so if, <laughs> so if a guy's like, oh man, this guy's a brown belt and I was able to do X, Y, and Z, like, all right, that's cool. Like I, I've, I've released my ego. I'm not as egotistical. We're like, oh man, this guy thinks he got the better of me. So with spazzy white belts, I'll usually play a game where, very defensive mm-hmm. and uh, keep myself safe and, and protective. And then usually what I'll try to do is if I can get a sweep um, or maybe even like takedown wise, like it was, you know, I usually like to start standing because I, I think it's an integral part of the game. Uh, whether I get taken down or, or I'm able to take them down, usually like a low risk takedown ankle pick or, or basic uh, single leg, nothing where I'm like driving super hard. Yeah. Either way, once it gets to the ground, it's mostly a defensive game and just, and just trying to hold. I'm not even really trying to shoot submissions. From that position, but if I can demonstrate, because I also think it's a learning opportunity, if I can demonstrate the amount of control, especially if I can get into the top position and just work on using my weight, and just if I tap them just by using weight and pressure as a learning experience, and also and then it's I thought I think also with age, like you learn how to be more efficient. So I don't have to be faster than him; I just have mm. to be at the right place at the right time. Yeah. Right? So with spazzy white belts, first of all, it's just like protect, <laughs> number one rule: protect yourself at all times. Right? And even <laughs> yeah. even against you know if it's against a, a guy that's a lot bigger than me, mm-hmm. faster than me, like I get put on the bottom, like maintain my guard and, and and make it difficult for them to pass. And if at the end of the day they feel like they've gotten you know like the, the better of me, like that's that's fine. Like hopefully they they come back and they can learn some things. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of like how I. I deal with it with the, in terms of jujitsu and the and the spazzy white belts. I feel with striking, it might be a, a little bit, a little bit different. It's going to be harder with striking, right? Yeah, you're going to have to put them down if they get yeah, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> there's truth to that. Like there's there's a little bit more. I like the consequences of 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 getting caught as opposed to you know a consequence with jujitsu if, if you know somebody passes like they mount mm. you okay, um, not as bad as but if you if you let your guard down a little bit and you get you know you can get caught so you have to be really careful yeah. with that with striking you're right it's it is a little different because then you get the guy like if he doesn't know anything and he comes in and he's a spaz yeah and he's trying to punch you and stuff yeah he's gonna punch you in the eye he's gonna poke exactly. you in the eye kick you in the groin mm-hmm. you know kick you in the knee hyperextend your knee they, yeah. they, they do stupid shit right yeah and it's because you know and it's not their fault it's because they're learning right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah dude like <laughs> Uh, like a brand new spanking new white belt yeah, those yeah. are the most dangerous motherfuckers yeah, in the 100%, fucking man yeah. which i think there's a vetting process that you don't you don't let them spar right away like i really like the idea of, of, of positional sparring so you have somebody that's totally new like they first learn a little bit of technique and then it's mm-hmm. i always like the game where okay uh 
you mount me mm. and then you hold me here for a minute. Yeah. And just so that they can they can feel it and, and see what that's like. And then it's a relatively small aspect of the game. So yeah. there's there's not a lot of room for for kind of all these different errors. Like if I escape, then we're done. If yeah. um, you're able to hold me, great. Now we can switch it. So I'll start off with that. Um, but yeah, I, I will only I, I will rarely do like a full full open role with a guy that that's brand new. Just just for me to be able to vet out like how and then you know they, they maybe have misconceptions about what 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 live sparring is going to be like. Yeah, right? they think they're fighting the kumite. It's like no 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 man, yeah. calm it down. We're just yeah. we're just like learning technique here. Yeah. A, a big thing I tell my students too. It's different like when we're doing a, a competition training versus like for like learning. It's like we're in skill acquisition right now. Even striking, mm-hmm. we're just working how to block the jab. Like just skill acquisition. We're not training for anything major right now. So I think also setting the expectations from yeah. the get go is important. I mean, because you're, you're gonna. I mean, I've seen it. I've been at the gyms long enough. You mm-hmm. see that one guy, and he's just I like, fight UFC. Oh yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You're, you're laughing. It's I'm true. I'm just fucking for real, true. man. That's legit. Yeah, I'm here to fight UFC. I'm, I'm gonna be the next champ. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you have any boxing experience or any kickboxing experience? Any YouTube. wrestling? He's like, yeah, exactly. He's like, oh no, I've seen it on YouTube, man. Yeah. You know, I'm 27. I can make it. <laughs> I was like, whoa, I hit bro. The bag, I hit the jet export. I hit the bag. Yeah, exactly. I'm the best bag hitter at export. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and so then they're like, they want to go with you, man. Eventually, this guy, you know, he's being a, you know, a, a dickhead you right. know, throughout the class. And eventually, mm-hmm. he gets to the point where he's like, hey, man, you and me now. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you do with that guy? Do you put him down? Or do you uh, just yeah. like nicely, let, gently, you know, teach him a lesson? I feel like everyone is a little bit different. So... You know, there's a vetting process. Okay, let's see how you work on the bags. Let's see how you do on the mitts. And then maybe a couple of classes. Okay, let's do like a, let's just, um, we're just going to spar with the jab. Yeah. And then there's some guys just like, okay, today's the day. And then you need to kind of give them a little bit of like uh, a humbling. Uh-huh. But it's so funny because it's like maybe like, especially if they don't have a lot of sparring experience. So uh-huh. Maybe like, you know, yeah, three minute round. Usually we train three minute rounds. After that first minute. They're come sucking at you. air. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then you just walk them down. You get in range. And then that's where. That's where those body shots come in, come in real nice. And Damn that's, that's straight. Such a humbling experience to get hit, drop with a body shot, and just. <laughs> so that's usually that's usually what I, what I what I try to do. But again, I think it's part of that vetting process beforehand. Yeah, I think there. I think you're right. There does have to be a vetting process, especially someone who's like super excited to spar. Yes, yes, yes. That, that's the one guy who's like, no, no, you chill the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> You're a little too excited. Just yeah. chill out. Yeah, you're gonna hurt somebody. I know you. I know who you are. I right. was there too. Just exactly. Chill. Well, they're the gonna hurt out. themselves. Yeah, you, know you, I mean? you can hurt. Yeah, you can hurt yourself. You know. Um, but yeah, it, it it used to happen all the time uh, at certain gyms that I've been at. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was just one of those. I, I've been at places where it's just like a a big gym, and then martial arts is part of it. You yeah. know. Yeah. And so they they wander in because of whatever. And the, then the they month trial or yeah something yeah like and they want to come in and try stuff and they're trying to like drop people on their heads and shit and they don't even know how to bear hug anybody yet exactly you know? exactly and it's just like dude you you got the shit in the TV those are high level athletes mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh, you might be a high level athlete one day but you're not there right now yeah yeah you know or at least not skill wise mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. but yeah just nervous energy yes. alone will tire a fucking spaz out <laughs> in the first round exactly exactly you know but like dropping dudes in, in the gut like <laughs> that that's that's my go-to i like that yeah yep. you know what's liver when it comes shot. To, yeah liver shots are always great mm-hmm. so 
how do you conduct class? Like, since you teach class, like, what are your classes like? What, do you have a warm-up? Do you not do the warm-up? So it's mixed martial arts, and it's really, like, I don't have a, like, I don't promote, I don't... Uh, oh, so you don't teach jujitsu? You, no, you not, te- not purely jujitsu. Oh, okay. Not purely jiu-jitsu. So, like, it depends if there are guys that, like, there are guys that train at Degerberg Academy that rank under Hobson Mora, but my mats are always open, like, welcome to them. So if they want to come and they want to learn, like... I have no problem with that, having them come and train, especially if they're getting ready for a competition. It's just like, hey, okay, let's let's focus on no gi grappling. Or mm-hmm. if it's gi, a gi-related competition, we're going to focus on gi grappling and let's kind of troubleshoot this. Sometimes I have guys that just only want to do boxing. So sometimes I'll – it gets a little bit difficult because you have to kind of separate the class. But I have you know a, a, a good following, a handful of really good students that I can say, okay, take these guys and um, work some basic uh, groundwork with them, arm bar passing the guard i'm gonna work more striking with with these guys i only want to do boxing mm. i've got a, a relatively small following i don't have a it's, it's not my my bread and butter it's just i love teaching yeah so any opportunity i can get to be able to to kind of impart more knowledge and wisdom you know would you want to grow it are you not interested in growing it are you fine with the way it is it would be it would be great to have like more students but also along with that it's going to require like more more time meaning more available classes and uh probably a better facility maybe maybe your own facility maybe, yeah but see like there's you know there, there's a pros and cons of having your own space mm-hmm. uh versus renting paying rent because you're using the space over there I, I think at this time in my life this is i'm happy with the way it is right now yeah. I, it'd be great if i can have more students and i think the demographic that i cater to is um i feel it's like a lot of like uh young dads mm-hmm. i feel that just want to do something especially with their kids i have a number of like fathers and son combinations like, oh nice their sons are like uh maybe like 13 or 14 they kind of want to train together so i think that's the the type of demographic that i that right and there are a couple there are a handful of guys that are just like they, they just want to learn how to box they've never boxed before and sometimes it's like a fit fitness outlet i tell guys like if you're looking to be to be really serious in terms of like competition or you really want to go mma like i'm a good foundation but here are you know go check these guys out over here they've got yeah. a really good program i just recently I had a lot of people ask me about kids and like you know, I used to be the the head instructor for the kids program over at Degenberg Academy back mm-hmm. in the day, but I really don't have a big market for for kids outside of just kind of one on one private lessons. So I say, hey, if you're really looking for like ranking, uh, if you want like good striking and overall mixed martial arts, Degenberg Academy is great. If you only want pure jujitsu, there's a handful of great jujitsu uh, gyms around that Chicagoland area that I can direct them to. If you're north side, mm-hmm. south side, west side, so that's that's usually the way I look at um, how I promote my class. But if people want to learn and and want to roll and want to learn how to do striking, wrestling. We've got a fantastic wrestling coach, by the way, that's there like almost seven days a week. Um, and if they only want wrestling or they want wrestling as a supplement to jujitsu, it's like, yeah, come on by. That's awesome, out. dude. Yeah. And, and that's good that you do that, man, that you're, that you know, like, hey, you know, I could be selfish mm-hmm. and keep mm-hmm. the student here mm-hmm. and, and try to take them as far as I can. Mm-hmm. Or I can mm-hmm. tell them, hey, look, if that's what you really want, you know, these are the people you should go to. Because mm-hmm. you, I mean, you've been in the game a long time. I mean, so have I. We probably both know people we can yep. send people to. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, and if someone, for example, came to me and asked me, you know, I need a good striking coach, I'll go anywhere. I'm like, look up Oscar Bravo. Absolutely. 100%. You know? Like, that's what I would do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like, that, and I think as as a coach, as an instructor, it's only ethical. It's It, it just 
you know, speaks to your character, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not only, not only have we learned humility. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, I want to keep my legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm be able to walk okay without a limp. But also you, you know, you, you, you can say, you know, you, I know these people, these people are better than me, mm-hmm. you know, go to mm-hmm. them. This is better for you. Right. You right. know, you're, exactly. there's a selflessness mm-hmm. to it, mm-hmm. but anyway, man, I know we've been on here for a while. <laughs> I, I know I, I've uh, I've talked to ear off about all this stuff. This stuff is great. Oh, it's uh, fun reminiscing, man. Man, hell yeah, bro! <laughs> I barely I barely got to some of the questions I had here. I figured this would happen. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know about you, but if you ever want to come back, man, 100 percent, hundred percent, dude, man. it would be awesome. Dude. I'd love yeah. to have you back. Maybe we can maybe uh we can talk more jujitsu next time. Yeah, yeah. Or we can uh, maybe do a, a fight analysis or yeah. talk about shit like that. You That'd know? be awesome. Yeah, it would be cool, man. I mean, if you're down for it absolutely cool so like what's gonna happen um for the next i'm gonna hit 150 episodes uh in like i don't know in about five episodes so usually when i every 50 i take a break Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna take a break until january but maybe in the new year yeah if you want to hook up man we'll we'll do another one of these you should do one with like uh like Oscar, bring Oscar on board, dude. I would love to have Oscar, oh, man. dude. That I think I would great. cry, man, because I haven't seen that man in a year. That would be that would be great. That would be great if you had Oscar. He would love it. Do you think so? It. And you know what would be really good? I, I've, I've thought about doing this myself. I just don't have the bandwidth to be able to do it. What's that? To do like fight analysis with him. Like, yeah. Him sit down and like watch a fight. And I don't know how you would do it. It'd be hard if you if you're doing it via um, via just audio. Yeah. But if you do it like video, with video, and I think there's copyright wise. Right, if if it's educational, mm-hmm. you can you can show other videos, especially if it's already on YouTube. Yeah, but like the YouTube, my YouTube channel is for making money. Oh, okay, okay. So, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be able. I mean, I'm trying to anyway. So mm-hmm. I don't want to get um, pinged or anything. Mm-hmm. But we can just say, you know, we're looking at this video or whatever, mm-hmm. and then that's mm-hmm. we'll do the analysis. No, yeah, you could do that too. But yeah, just even if it is just audio, you can have Oscar like just his his wealth of knowledge of saying like, oh, like. Like what? What's a really good fight recently, or like your most favorite fight of all time? Mm-hmm. And just have him kind of talk about what he saw. It's like, oh, did you see? He was he was set. He'll watch fights, and he's just like, you see how he was setting this up. He was setting this up. You see how he was, and then finally in the seventh round, he's able to catch him with that hook. Dude, I would love that. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Because I've had great. I've had dudes in the past that that we'll do and, and we'll talk boxing and stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll we'll break down some analysis. But like someone. I would love to hear his thoughts on on someone like fucking Canelo. Oh yeah, or hundred percent, or even Lomachenko. Yes, I yes. would love to hear because I know I love Lomachenko's style. Mm-hmm. I love that kind of mm-hmm. style where you just you can't hit the dude. Yep, yep. Um, it, it's you know, it's like what I would like to try to fight <laughs> if I could actually fight like that. If I had a choice, you know, would I be more of like a you know Julio Cesar Chavez or? <laughs> You know, I, no, I want to be Lemonchenko. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, with, the, with his footwork. Yeah, that dude is so badass. I, I remember I watched the fight. It was um, Tifima Lopez versus Lemonchenko. I watched. Oh it yeah, Oscar's I saw that house. one. And uh, it was so good. Like Oscar is so funny. He's like he'll watch the fight mm-hmm. with all of us. First of all, he's he's very selective about who he watches fights with. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want a crowd of people that you know. Like he would never go to a bar and watch a fight. So he had yeah. very select people to watch the fight with. But then even after we all left, he I remember talking to him a week later. <coughs> He had said he watched the fight again just by himself, just to study it. Yeah. And he said Teofimo did such a good job taking Lomachenko's tools away. Yeah. Just his footwork and staying right, right in that striking range and taking away Lomachenko's angles. It was really good. 
the way he explained how Teofimo. Teofimo, man. I have, you see, character-wise, I have yeah, a problem with that cat. Exactly, I don't like him. Exactly. He's not a likable guy. Mm-hmm. He's he, And at least for a Latin guy, I don't like seeing a Latin guy like that mm-hmm. behave the way he does. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't bother me as much as his dad. Yeah, exactly. You know, Teofimo exactly. Ju- uh, Sr., that dude... Yeah. That dude Just stirring is, the pot. Stirring yeah, the pot well, not only that, but drama. that dude is ghetto. That dude mm-hmm. is ghetto and mm-hmm. probably the scary kind, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, just all of those characters, it's interesting. It's interesting yeah. overall. It's entertainment, right? Yeah, yeah. But just, like, I, I have a... I really hated seeing that fight. Yeah. Because yeah. I saw Delfimo win that, and I didn't think he would win. I thought Lemonchenko would kick yes, his ass. Yes, yes. I think he was injured, from what I heard. Yeah, I think there was a couple things Some, going on. Something going on with Tufimu. Uh, not, not, uh, Lomachenko. Into his shoulder, I think. Yeah. yeah. Man, but that was a good fight. But I also felt like Tufimu might have been a little bigger. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. may have uh, played a part in yeah, him yeah. winning. But I haven't seen the fight in a little while. Anyway. Oh, you see, we almost started another podcast. So do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, definitely. Just um, some different schools that I and people that I train with. Uh, obviously, Oscar Bravo. Uh, BMA, Bravo Martial Arts, uh, Evolution Fitness. That's where I run Arguelas MMA out of. Uh, come check us out. Do you have uh, uh, Facebook? Do you have, uh, yeah, like yeah. URLs Instagram, or yeah. Instagram and all that yeah, stuff? Arguelas, I think it's Arguelas underscore MMA. Mm-hmm. Uh, come check us out over there. Uh, Team Dino Costeas also. You can just Google them. Fantastic uh, group of uh, jiu-jitsu practitioners in uh, in Chicago. And then Dagerberg Academy, where, where I met Where it all uh, started. Yes. Yes. At Dagerberg Academy, right in Lincoln Square. Fantastic program. Please check them out if you're interested. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming out, brother. Thank you, man. This is Edgar Traves with my special guest, Leonard Argue- Arguelles. Uh, we'll catch you next time. The music you're listening to is titled What We Fight For by Schematics. You can find that over at Epidemic Sound. Now, if you're a content creator like myself and you need music to punch up your content, Epidemic Sound is the service for you. Epidemic Sound provides royalty-free music for a low monthly cost. And should you decide to head on over to Epidemic Sound, make sure you use my referral link in the description so that you know that I sent you. So yeah, man, it was so good talking to Leonard. Like, homie... We go way back, and I got nothing but love for this cat, man. They were great times. Leonard, if you're listening to this, man, come back whenever you can, brother. Now, if you're new to the show and you're interested in things like combat sports, pop culture, etc., head on over to our website, thefloralpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes and a store where you can purchase some merchandise and support the podcast. Now, if you're interested in training under Leonard Agrellis, you can find him over at Evolution Strength and Conditioning. Don't worry, I'll put all the information for Leonard in the description so you can find him and follow him on social media and all that good stuff. Now, I'm going to ask for a solid. If you like the show, make sure you like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you get your podcasts at and press all the buttons that make the podcast gods happy. This is Edgar Traves. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Behave yourselves. Laters. Laters.